This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Crazy video that's come out of Texas where you've got a bunch of these parents that are outside this school in uh, Uvalde. Am I pronouncing that wrong? Uvalde. that's right. And the, the cops are actually pinning one guy down. They pepper sprayed some parents, and one woman says that the police even tased a father who was trying to get into the school to save his kids. This is a crazy story because what we're talking about are Texas parents. I'm sure some of them must have been armed. They I mean, were, maybe yeah, not. They were pictures. armed. Armed Texas parents saying, let me go save my kids, and the cops were like, no. <laughs> the cops reportedly went in and saved their own kids, but there was one woman who breached the perimeter, made it into the school, got her kids out. So this is actually generating controversy on the left and the right. The left is angry with police. They're like, what's the point of funding these police if they're keeping parents from actually going in? And you got people on the right. They were like, there are good guys with guns. And the cops would not let them stop this guy. So this is an interesting story. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to talk about some of the stuff going on with the Sussman trial, stuff having to do with uh, Russiagate and Hillary Clinton. And uh, uh, we're also going to talk about Truth Social. Plus, we got in Oklahoma. They, they are now the first state post Roe v. Wade, I believe, but in recent his, in modern history, to ban abortion from the moment of conception with limited exceptions, which is really interesting because depending on which poll you check, people are actually okay with that. Oklahoma basically banned elective abortion. Now, I want to I wanna just add something before we get the show started because uh, joining us, of course, we got a couple of really great guests and uh, Cash Patel is here. And literally, as we're getting ready to do the show, <laughs> he gets his phone rings. It says 45. And it says 45. And then he's sitting here having a conversation with President Trump. <laughs> and I'm just like, get him on the show, dude. Let's, so, let's, let's do it. So I asked him. Yeah. And he said, yeah. <laughs> we'll make it happen, I guess. Yeah. We'll figure out how to do it. We'll get Trump's a busy guy. Going. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get there. Right on, man. Well, so joining us is Cash Patel. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going great. I'd love to be back. The compound's looking better than ever, man. You put some nice finishing touches on it. Yeah, it's getting bigger. And uh, we're actually building our West Virginia. Oh, you're doing that. Okay. Yeah. It's coming. It's it's the materials. Steel oh, was yeah. hard to get. And so we've just got to build as, as much as we can. So uh, you want to introduce yourself, your, your start oh, career? Yeah, no, yeah. Trying not to put people to sleep. Thanks for having me. Good to meet Adrian. Um, great to see you guys again. So, yeah. So my life exists on fightwithcash.com, fightwithcash with a K. Doing a couple of things since I left the administration. I was the chief of staff for the Department of Defense. I headed up Trump's counterterrorism programs and uh, did some other stuff along the way. Back in the House, uh, Intel days, I ran the Russiagate investigation for Chairman Nunes, put out the Nunes memo, all the Hillary Clinton campaign financing, broke the Steele dossier story, all that stuff. And fast forward to John Durham and Russiagate unraveling and the Sussman prosecution. So I'm looking forward to talk about all of that. But most importantly, I'm very excited about my new children's book, The Plot Against the King. It is Russiagate for children, literally. <laughs> Instead of talking about critical race theory, we came up with our own CRT. We call it Children's Reading Time. So basically, The Plot Against the King is a medieval story with Hillary Quinton, Keeper Comey, and a shifty knight. <laughs> who are taken on by a knight named Devard and a wizard named Cash on their quest for truth. 
And, of course, Joe Biden gave us the biggest promo ever by calling Trump the MAGA king the day before Donald Trump launched my book on Truth Social, The Plot Against the King. So get it. We want to put it in schools everywhere. The art's fantastic. And uh, we're hoping to uh, stay at number one on not just children's, but become overall number one. It's plotagainstthekeng.com. You get your own copies. They did – what did they do? Like – Testing to find the slogan for like six months, yeah. to figure it out. <laughs> so and good. they settled on Ultra MAGA. And all of the Trump supporters are laughing about it. But what I'm seeing from these leftists are like they're so dumb. Polling showed that people don't like MAGA, so they're they're buying into it. And I'm like, I don't think that these these establishment journalist people who are saying this don't realize the right doesn't care about that. It's <laughs> it's just about having fun and making jokes. So Cash, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. We, we also have Adrian Norman. Thanks for having me. My intro was far less exciting than Cash's. <laughs> I'm a uh, conservative writer, author, uh, commentator. Um, I do have a, my first book that was out prior to the 2020 election was called The Art of the Steel. It's about election fraud prior to the 2020 election. It was supposed to be kind of a warning. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to be here and uh, thanks for having me out, Tim. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it. What's up, everybody? I'm also in the house. That was a fun call before Donald put Donald on speaker. We got to all listen a little bit. Great guy. Good call. good to see you guys, too, man. I'm looking forward to the show. And thanks for the book, Cash. This is cool looking, man. I'm glad you're the wizard. <laughs> we have to be creative. Yeah, I love it. I'm looking forward to reading this kid's book. It seems delightful. And I see and I know that the volume's a little low, so I'm going to be tweaking that throughout the show a little bit as we go. Thank you guys for joining us this evening. Very excited. Very fun to hear Donald Trump on the phone. So uh, we'll see what the evening has for in store for us for moving forward. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments from this show Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. We just we do the TimCast After Hours show, and we, uh, it's not family-friendly. We swear a lot. It's a lot of fun. And uh, often we talk about the things that YouTube would not appreciate. And so we were able to have that speakeasy. And then sometimes it's just because we want to swear and we're angry, you know, so we just, we let loose. And if you want to watch that stuff, become a member, help support our work. You're also helping support our infrastructure because we use Rumble cloud service infrastructure. We want to get away from big tech Silicon Valley. We are also, when you become a member, you'll be supporting our efforts to assert Timcast IRL in the mainstream establishment cultural spaces. So we're going to be doing a whole lot, culture jamming as marketing. You may recall that uh, not that long ago, along with the Daily Wire, I was able to get, uh, with their help, a billboard put up in Times Square calling out a journalist from the Washington Post for doxing libs of TikTok. I'm now going to shout out what uh, has gone up. It went up early, but uh, we have right here a 70-foot billboard in Times Square. So here you can see it, 70-foot billboard, and to the left of it is another screen. We're actually getting two, and it's just an ad for the show. This is how we're starting. The idea is, I don't know if Times Square is going to be actually valuable in terms of marketing, but it is valuable that right above the ABC News building where all of those people work is me. And it's 70 feet tall advertising this show. And so every time they go out for lunch and they come back and every morning when they come in, I'm above them. I'm very happy about that. It's about asserting our presence in establishment cultural spaces so that we can basically say, you are not the elites anymore. How many of you are able to do things like this? We are, we are taking over. We are going to, we are the new media. And it's thanks to all of you as members who are able to do things like this. Now, it's a bit, uh, you know, uh, vanilla, I guess, getting an ad. So I've been talking with some other uh, trolls and uh, smart people who are good at culture jamming about 
campaigns we can do every month that serve as marketing but are going to effectively send the message you are not the elites anymore. I'm very excited about this. Thank you all so much for uh, supporting the work we do and making this possible. Let's jump into this first story. And I'm using the Daily Beast on purpose. Oh. <laughs> because the Daily Beast, as you know, is fake news. The Daily Beast... Cause, cause, uh, let, so this is, Let me slow down. Here's the story. Cops still can't explain agonizing hour-long wait to storm Uvalde classroom. Mm. Distraught parents can be seen literally collapsing into themselves and wailing in anguish as officers refuse to answer their pleas to storm the building. We hear about all the time from, from conservatives. A good guy with a gun can stop a bad guy with a gun. Not when the police are being bad guys with guns, right? When, when they're using their authority and their power to stop you, stop a parent from going and saving their kids. When they went and saved their kids, one mother was able to go in and save her kids. Now, now I want to point this out. I'm using the Daily Beast because they are fake news. The Daily Beast is certified by NewsGuard as fake news. Proceed with caution. This website fails to adhere to several basic journalistic standards. Shocker. I mean, honestly, it is. Because you'd think the Daily Beast is an establishment outlet. They'd get cover from everyone. and be, They were called real news for a long time. No, they're fake news. You are fake news, Daily Beast. But when even the Daily Beast fake news is pointing out what was going on there and that cops weren't letting people in, we got a weird story. I mean, something's, something's weird. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, so, look, I'm, I got to go to the Daily Beast, too, hmm. because when I cracked the Russiagate code running the investigation for Chairman Nunes back in 2017, 2018, the Daily Beast outed me as a staffer and wrote a whole hit piece on me, which is unheard of when you're a staffer. You're not an actual member of Congress. You're just working there. And they called me a genocidal dictator. So I agree with you. Daily Beast is fake news because <laughs> I'm not a genocidal dictator. I'm just the son of a man who fled from a genocidal dictator relation, uh, regime overseas. Oh. So who, he was able to get me out there. What dictatorship did, did he flee from? Idi Amin in Uganda. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Why did they actually use the words genocidal dictator? Oh yeah, and they this? called and they called me Torquemada. What's that? Wow. The, uh, the guy from the Spanish Inquisition who was a genocidal dictator who like slaughtered millions of people. And why? Because you were calling out fake news. Well, because I was reporting that, you know, we have proven Hillary Clinton, you know, paid for it, the campaign we were getting going, and it was big news, and they were like, we're going to take this guy out. I didn't think anybody would actually come of it, but then there was, there's was there been a million pieces after that, mm, but they started weird. it. Fake well, so so what do you guys think about what was going on with, the with, with you know, these parents? This seems weird to me, right? Well, I, I will point out, some people have said, look, you don't want a bunch of angry and confused parents rushing into a building. It can, it can get chaotic, especially if they're armed. I had a moment of empathy when I was watching the video and I heard the screaming parents where it was just like uh, if I was that and all of a sudden I felt like because of bureaucracy I don't have a chance to save my kid and then find out that the kid was killed is like I like the cops are doing what they were instructed to do which is don't let the people run inside they might get hurt they might cause more damage with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But, my God, when the, when the, when it hits the fan, it's like, gotta, gotta, the rules are off when, when your children's lives are at stake. And you need to do what you got to do to save their lives. 
that's that was hard yeah, to watch. Yeah, I was reading about this and I was like, I literally cannot imagine what it'd be like to stand there and think that my kid literally might die within the next few seconds if I wasn't to jump in and do something about it. And for the cops to stand there and to tell me not to go in, I would lose it. I wouldn't be I able to would be responsible for my actions. Yeah, I spoke with somebody earlier who said that he had had some contacts on the ground. And the reason for the delay is that they were – so the, the shooter had gone into the building, and they were sort of establishing what their protocols were going to be for, for breaching, which is a little different than this story because now we come to find out that police actually took the time to go in and save their own kids but didn't allow parents to go in to save theirs or didn't make yeah. any real effort to save anybody else's. And I think that's – it's sort of a travesty. You know, it, and this isn't the only situation that we've had with the school shooting where there was a huge delay in terms of a police response. You know, with Parkland, mm-hmm. police were told to stand down. Mm-hmm. There was a long delay before any action was taken. You got one guy in there with a gun, and then you got, what, dozens of people outside. It seems like there would be some sort of protocol in place that would allow them to be able to go in and, and do something. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with law enforcement, right? Coming from a law enforcement background, you want your cop – that's what you – that's why they sign up to go in there. Not, yeah, you establish a perimeter, all that stuff. But if there's a school shooting, you know, get some bodies in there doing something. And I think that's the biggest complaint. You got to wait for the investigation of, to come out because it's going to take forever to get every, everything right. But my biggest question is why weren't there a couple of cops in there right away? That, like, why? You guys think that cops should have be armed? Or not cops, rather. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, I was like, wait, 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 well, for wait, sure, yeah. That's not what I meant to ask. <laughs> um, teachers, teachers. Do you think the teachers should be armed in these schools? I think if teachers want to be armed, why not? Because obviously they're going to have to go through some sort of training. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just carry. Um, but if somebody wants to carry, if, they're, if they've proven that they're able to be responsible and that they have demonstrated a certain level of proficiency with a firearm and they're able to protect kids, you know, if they're carrying concealed, nobody's going to know which teachers are carrying and which, which aren't. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not for forcing any teacher who doesn't want to carry to carry. But mm-hmm. if you have somebody who is open to the idea and they want to be that person and they could be somebody that interdicts a situation like this, um, I don't see any reason why we should not allow that. Simple answer, yes. It's, it's, it's not a question of teachers, it's a question of people. I think people should be armed. That's it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, I was uh, workshopping this idea earlier today that I think that the only way to fix this gun problem that we have in the U.S. is to do it from the ground up. That means a cultural change. That means someone who's going into a school or someone who's going in to rob a store, they don't know if the person they're about to rob or the person they're about to attack is going to be armed. And that's going to significantly dampen their enthusiasm for doing extremely crim- criminal activities. Obviously, that's not something that the government can enforce, and we need to like have a serious respect for guns, but... I know. I hope we could get there. I don't think so. So right now, the one thing that really bugs me about the whole the whole issue is there's no real conversation, uh, particularly from the left, on um, solving these things. They just they complain about people saying thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think thoughts and prayers is solving any of the problems either. It's just kind of like a, you know, I feel for you, which is it, I don't get a problem with it. It's just you know, okay, great, you know, sympathy, empathy. The left then comes out and gets angry and says, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I got to stop." Not the left. The liberals. The leftists like guns. You know, leftists are more revolutionary. They like guns. The liberals are like, we need background checks. And I'm like, okay, we got those. What's next? And they're like, no, no, no. We need background checks. I'm like, okay, we have those. That already happens. What's next? I don't think, you know, we hear not from the right is like we should arm the teachers. That's not going to solve anything either. And, And I'll tell you why. It may, it may prevent because some of these guys, some of these, these psychopaths might be like a teacher could be armed that I, that I agree with. But in this circumstance, 
cops were there. Hmm. The good guys with guns were there. The parents were good guys with guns. The cops were. And the cops actually impeded it. The, the cops were supposed to be the good guys with guns. They stopped it. You look at Parkland, that security guard, didn't he run away? He, he, had, got, yeah. he yeah. got in trouble for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying I think we have deep-seated cultural problems where – you know, you, you guys see Beto O'Rourke heckle, yeah. <laughs> heckle the press conference on, on on these kids, and and I'm seeing you know Democrat activists cheer for this, and I'm just like, come on, man, choose your battles. But that what Beto did is a contributing factor to why lunatics do this. They know that you're going to get Barack Obama, that you're going to get Beto O'Rourke, and they will scream your name mm-hmm. out to the world with your picture. So they, that, that's what they're thinking. They're thinking this is how people will finally know who you are because they're they're sick. They're nuts. I think everybody agrees. Jordan you know? Peterson tweeted out earlier that we should not be saying the names of these criminals, these killers. Yeah. Just, just don't because that's what the big part of it is. They want to be famous. They want it to be their final hurrah. And, and then if they see names get shouted out, that they might copycats might come up and do the same thing. Thought it was, thought it was a good point. Yeah. You know, some some people have mentioned what we need is cruel and unusual punishment for these people. And I'm like, well, you can't do that under the Constitution, right? But this is their, their argument is do something in such a way that humiliates them and makes them not want the well, attention. Well, the dude that ran up on Dave Chappelle with a knife, uh, like a gun with a fake gun with a knife mm. in it, yeah, they broke his arms or his hand. I mean, they, that was cruel and unusual his, what his, they did to that guy. Yeah. Well, he, no, I, but you I, could I say he had it coming and, and deserved it. I think, I think you know, you run up on stage at a guy this with is, a knife, you're going to get your bu- your body broken. But that's not that's not cruel and unusual. Cruel and unusual is like a stockade, you know, like taking somebody Chucking and stones at someone. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you know, burying them up to their neck and then having everybody walk by and piss on them is cruel and unusual. Well, isn't it? If you can if you can like hold them and, and secure them, then if you kick them while they're down, that's cruel and unusual. This guy. No, 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 no. That's not. So uh, you can argue cruelty if it's excessive, but excessive force is not legal. In the case of the guy with Chappelle, I think his arm got dislocated because they tackled him. They like they all jumped up and pinned him and dropped him on the ground, and his arm got messed up in the scuffle. If you attack someone and someone is using force to stop you and you get hurt, that's not cruel and unusual. If we capture th- th- these people and then, like I said, you bury them up to their neck in dirt and then everyone can walk over and yeah. spit on them, that is cruel and unusual. People have argued for like uh, – one of the memes that goes around is – it's a liberal guy who posted this or people who post this calling them like you know tiny pp shooter and giving them these weird names so that forever in history they won't be known by their name but by an, an insult i don't know if that actually would work but i get the idea and i think they're scratching at the surface of the problem these people know that every politician everyone's going to say their name i'm not going to say this guy's name i'm not going to mention him i'm not going to show his picture you know but the media does all day every day and people tweet about him and that's what they know they get i'm reminded of the oubliette the uh the ancient middle middle ages uh, punishment, it was just basically a pit and oubliette means to forget and they would take criminals and they would, if they throw them in the pit and that was yeah. it. Never mention their name again. Maybe they got fed. Who knows? Yo, that's one way to do it. Jeez. <laughs> it's harsh. Yeah, that, was, that was rough. Yeah. I don't think it's coming back though, unfortunately. <laughs> I doubt <laughs> it. Budweiser would probably sponsor it, but um, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Throw Sussman in the pit. Yeah, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Those people that, that, uh, January 6th, there's people in solitary. I don't know if that's really an oubliette, but that's people no, in solitary. That's, that's basically bad. it. I mean, look, I was a public defender back in the day, and I argued for some of the worst people in humanity because they need to do process. And the same thing. It's like, okay, should you have a bond? Shouldn't you have a bond? If, while you're waiting trial, presumed innocent. And look, whatever your political positions are on January 6th and whether it should or shouldn't have happened, 
if you have a 60-year-old grandmother who has never committed a crime in solitary confinement or not given bond, there's something wrong with that situation. That means the judiciary has been politicized. And you're a year on from January 6th, and you have 50-plus people um, without bond, many in solitary confinement. I mean, all that does is makes them want to plead and get out, plead guilty, not have the constitutional protections of due process and the presumption of innocence and the right to counsel. They just want to rack up po- political victories, I think. That's my interpretation of what this, this committee's doing. I, I think that the, the January 6th people is as close as you can get to cruel and unusual mm-hmm. with without jumping over the line in an obvious way. Keeping people locked up, keeping them in solitary, doing these things is like you mentioned. It's, it's effectively torturing them. Mm-hmm. So you can get them to just give up. That's it. And it's all politically motivated, too. So it causes people to not have any faith in the system, mm. which ultimately is bad for the country as a whole. It's terrible. I mean, I've argued both sides, federal prosecutor, federal public defender. And I've just never seen any situation where you just blatantly chuck a bunch of people. I've gotten murderers and rapists out mm. who were charged with those crimes on bond because it was the actual right thing to do based on the facts and the judge made a decision. You have people here with no criminal history. Who didn't commit a violent act and they're being held detained. It's, I don't know if you, uh, uh, you, you, you've, you've, you've been following a lot of the trials, I'd imagine, mm-hmm. with January 6th. A couple of them. <laughs> so there were, how, how many have there been? Have there been three or have, have we had more so far? I think three total trials. I got subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. That's a whole other story. That oh, cost yeah. me a fortune. Wow. Um, but. Well, so, so <laughs> we did a segment on here and, uh, I mentioned that for the people who just walked in the front doors that were opened by the cops, mm-hmm. How are you going to charge them? How are you going to convict on trespassing when the cops open the door and say, come on in? You know, uh, for people who don't know about trespassing, you got to give a warning. If you don't have a sign in your property that says no trespassing, people can walk on your property. You can tell them to leave, but you got to give them a warning first. If you have a sign, you don't need to give them a warning because the sign, the sign is the warning basically. Mm-hmm. So once they enter the property, you've got them on trespassing. The police can issue a charge. I brought that up. These, you know, Young Turks, for instance, said I was stupid and I was wrong. And then what happens? We actually saw a guy get acquitted exactly on those grounds. Yeah, because the Capitol building is a public free space. Americans can go in and out of there. Foreigners can go in and out of there literally almost any time of day. It's not trespassing. There's certain areas they can't go to. And the cops are on video opening the doors. <laughs> yeah. Those guys need to be interrogated. So when we look at uh, – uh, I mean, man, when you look at what's going on with what happened in Texas, the, 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 there's nothing that unifies this country, right? So this, this thing happens, and what do we get? What frustrates me the most, I see posts from Democrat activists saying Republicans are spineless and they won't you know, enact gun reform or things like that. They post, there's a meme going viral where they're like, ban the AR-15. And I'm just sitting here like, none of these people have actually offered up any real, any real solutions. They're not interested in having a conversation about any real solutions. They are mindless drones. Saying ban the AR-15 is it is literally meaningless. No, it's like an assault rifle ban, or you know, uh, or or shifting the uh, the conversation from oh that's an automatic gun. America doesn't allow the sale of automatic firearms, and it doesn't. It, there is no. There is no. It does with tax stamps. Well, right. Pre nineteen eighty four or whatever. Right, right. No, no. But what but I mean the, is, it, okay, it's like let's let's approach it from this point. They've banned the AR-15. Oh, no. And now everyone's using the AR-10. They, they've banned the AR-15 and my M1A or my SCAR-20S or like, come on, name a different gun. They exist. They're, they're coming out and they're like, they, they use this rifle. In, in many instances with these, with these shootings, it's an AR-style <laughs> rifle. Right. 
And so they're saying, ban this. And I'm like, yo, you're just not saying anything. I would like to see a poll of people and what they think AR stands for, because I think a large percentage of Americans yeah. think it means automatic rifle. It doesn't. Yeah. Or assault rifle. Or assault yeah. rifle. And it means yeah. Armalite rifle, which is the company that Amazing. created the thing. Yeah. yeah. But they have no idea what they're talking about. They don't even Google it. And so what do you get? You get David Hogg, right? He posts in April, like, I bet if I sat down with, with my critics, we would agree on things. And I tweet at him politely, like, hey, man, come on the show. You know, we'd love mm-hmm. to have you. We'll, we'll cover it. They don't respond. And so I tried again. He's got no obligation to respond to me, mind you. I'm not, you know, saying he has to. But then he goes on with Matt Walsh. He goes on with establishment personalities that are just playing to the same audience. There's no real conversation happening. I look at that and I'm just like, how could anyone believe that the path forward in this country is going to be unity? I just, I just don't, I can't, I can't, I can't see it. Not you, anytime soon. There, I don't even, anytime soon, not even anytime late, to be honest. <laughs> until, until we get ripped apart, until we've got English to bond us, we've got the almighty dollar. I mean, it was basically a decentralized, it's a unification of states, which are all disunified you could say but unified under the idea of the constitution we all follow the constitution for the most part constitutional law presides in every state those are the things that hold us but our ideas never really were supposed to be the same or anything like that even religion you're allowed to have your own religion but they're not following Mm -hmm. the laws anymore california for instance won't enforce immigration law and it's actually granted them an extra congressional seat and an extra electoral college vote because it's by population, not citizenry. So when you have states outright defying the union and, and federal laws, why would any other state be like, okay, now you know, now what do we get? We get Oklahoma being like, okay, we're going to ban abortion outright. We don't care what the Supreme Court says. That's that's where we're heading. And I I I, I, I think it is a uh, it is the rule, not the exception, that on the right there's a conversation around policy issues. You, and ben Shapiro will yell, "Debate me!" Right? That's the meme. On the left, it's the, it's it's the exception. They don't debate. And if they try to, they have no idea what they're talking about. Well, it's fake. It, it, that's why you're not going to get a solution because they have political epithets that they throw out on any conversation. Gun control, abortion, whatever, immigration, drugs, whatever you want to talk about. But they don't have actual solutions. And you're right. On the right, they'll at least debate them and then try to find an answer like we do for the like we did under the Trump administration for the border, for the opioid crisis, for illegal immigration, and for things like – you know, President Trump actually, you know, reformed the criminal justice system more than any president in modern American history. And people don't know that, you know, because he he a you know Republican president was the one who did judicial reform, which is crazy. It's a crazy concept because it's not popular on the right. But I thought he was doing the right thing and I thought it worked. But it gets covered up because no one wants to talk about those things. What did he do? He did a lot of. <clears throat> This is getting technical, but a lot of the alleviations of, so when we sentence people to, for drug crimes and they get sentenced, um, unequally because of skin color or ethnic background, it sort of stacks up so you can eliminate those rules and regulations. You can give the judges more flexibility to reduce those types of sentences. And he basically undid the Biden 98, uh, what's it called? Crime bill. You know, he, you, you can't, Congress didn't veto it, but you take out a lot of the minimum mandatory sentence requirements, like grandmother gets found with a gun under her bed that she doesn't know is there and her nephew put it there. You're going to send her up the creek for 10 years. That's you know, insane. It's insane, but it ha- it happens. I've oh, defended yeah. people that, that this happened to, and that's why you can't get any real actual, you know, true judicial reform without Ma- Congress. Mandatory minimums, in my opinion, stupidest thing. It's crazy. Stupidest thing. I, I think... You know, our judicial system needs to be human. 
It's, it's supposed to be. Judges are supposed to interpret the law. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to have, like, Grandma, how'd you come across that snub nose? And she'd be like, I don't know. It's not mine. And they'll be like, okay, well. Ten years. <laughs> well, no, it should, it, should, it should be like, we're, we're seizing it. If you don't know where it came from and it's not yours, then it's ours now. Right. Don't let it happen again. Nobody got hurt. Did they, the mandatory minimums come up because judges were giving people they knew, like, low sentences? Uh, well, they can't unless you unless you fix the law or unless you give the judges uh, the ability to use this thing called a safety valve exception in federal court, and they didn't have a lot of those tools. But you also have to appoint judges who are going to do that, who are going to see the way things that the, the Tim, Tim just said exercise judicial discretion, and that was a big part of the the, the candidates of they're not candidates, the appointees that Trump put into the federal judiciary I can, I, is people who exercise discretion on the criminal side. I can't speak for federal government, but I know that in Illinois, the mandatory minimums on, say, drug sentencing or, or burglary sentencing was to deter crime. So the idea was that a criminal would find out that the, the law was passed. No, they don't. They don't know. They don't care. They, just know, they, they know they'll go to jail if they get caught. So you end up with crazy stories. I remember one story was about uh, a teenager who uh, his neighbors went out of town. The neighbors asked this kid, their next door neighbors, to keep an eye on the house. The kid, knowing they weren't there, broke in the back door using the keys because he had the keys, and he stole a beer. Cops driving by saw someone was in there knowing the people were out of town, went in, arrested him, and then they were like, they said about this kid, like, okay, we don't think he should be charged with anything severe, maybe trespassing. And the DA was like, no, 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 there's a, there's a mandatory minimum for burglary. He went in the property. He took something. He, he burglarized the property, and so apparently, like, it was a, it was done. It was four years, and the the judge was like, "I don't want to do this, but it's out of my hands. It's it's statutory." And then the prisons were like, "There is no way we are taking a kid who took a beer to come here." And it was this huge legal battle. I don't exactly remember what happened, but this is a story I heard. I think it was like eighteen years ago now. Talking about it in Illinois. That's the problem with these things. Anyone can look at that and be like, kid, don't take beer from your neighbors. And the neighbors would have been like, oh, yeah, that's Johnny. Like, okay, well, we're fine with him taking a couple bucks. Courts didn't care. They didn't see it that way. Those things are dumb. So that was good, the the, the, the crime reform stuff that Trump had done. Yeah, but the, the problem is overcorrection, at least in the law enforcement area, in the judiciary, right? Drugs become a problem. They overcorrect. 20-year minimum mandatory sentences for if you're caught with this amount of this or this amount of that. That's a lot of time that most people, like Tim said, don't know about. It's an overcorrection. Same thing with um, gun gun control, right? It, it'll get, I think it's going to get to a point where there'll be an overcorrection instead of the right correction because it'll be political and not the one that people actually want. And it's going to get messy. What do you think would be like the right correction or a, a good for, move or gun control? For gun control? I mean, look, I'm a big two-way guy. I'm all for it. But I think while I agree that we have background checks, I think our background check system isn't good. It's run by the government and it's not done the way it needs to be done. I mean, that is like the FBI runs it or ATF or whatever, right? But there can be a better system of screening, take another day or two and build a better algorithm to screen out people with prior activities, prior hits, prior contacts with law enforcement, mental illness issues, things like that. People keep saying, oh, we have background checks. Well, you can have background checks and if they suck, then what's the point? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. But That's I step one. Do they suck? I mean, the first time I went to buy guns, it took, I was on a, I was on the mandatory wait. I, I was delayed. Well, that's, or, that, that's government. I mean, be, sure, <laughs> that, sure. it's putting you on a wait list for the government to give you a response. It's kind of standard I, operating I, procedure. I, I think there's, there's a lot of good intentions in uh, the background check system. Yeah. I think reforming it would give you the exact same results. Really? Yeah. It's government, man. You know, there, there's, there's some things I'm okay with mm-hmm. when it comes to government, but I'm like, if it's not working now, what can we do to fix it? Well, I certainly think it's worth looking at trying to fix, for sure. I just think it will devolve. You'll start, it'll start off really great. Mm-hmm. And then after a little while, it'll start to break down. But, you know, I will say this. I'm, I'm in favor. I, I, I would, I would actually agree. I'll, 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 I'll kind of, you know, simmer down a little bit. I think one of the problems that we have with government is that we create a program and then walk away from it. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happens is it starts to fester and rot. Yeah. If we came back every couple of years and said, let's start it over and reassess, we could actually adapt. And if we're looking at our background checks through the, through the NICs, when you buy a gun and we're like, how is it not working? What can we do to make it work better? And then we just adapt and move what we're already doing. I think we could maybe, we could maybe improve it for sure. Right, so yeah. let me ask you this. So what do you think? The, the background checks that we have right now are missing. Data. Hard data about contacts with law enforcement and individuals who've had run-ins with mental hospitals and mental health issues. That's one of the biggest, you know, things. And now that with the advent of social media, they're not, we're not capturing all the flags of these guys putting on, you know, you can put up whatever you want on social media. Well, not on Twitter, but on Truth You Can. <laughs> um, and you can say whatever you want, but if you're out there, you know, screaming with guns on social media, about attacking someone that's that's got to be flagged somehow and that that algorithm has to be better to capture that data to give it to the government to put in that database to screen off of because every one of these serial uh you know massacres they all have one unifying um connection and that is a mental health issue of some sort but what sort of what sort of contact with law enforcement would you flag as being justified to remove somebody's constitutional rights yeah, that's a great question. So not just any contact, but if you had contact and the person was appeared mentally ill, then you had them referred for mental health referral and balance check, then yeah, then that should be – when they go to buy a gun, I'm not saying they should be denied. I'm saying that information should be in the system so someone can go look at it and say, okay, 
should we give this person a gun? Let's go check on him. Let's go pull all his social media. Let's go see what he's been saying. That's all. I'm not saying you can't get it, but it needs to be better. So it's like a type of red flag law is kind of what you Yeah. Mean. I don't. I don't think it works, man. I don't know. Look, not every – so you'd have to quantify mental illnesses. Yeah. It's not just any mental illness. And then you've got the issue of you're getting dangerously close to free speech. Yeah. People can post things and then what a background check gives arbitrary authority to some agency that's unseen to be like, we just think this guy's no good. I, I, I already think it was bad that when I went to buy a weapon – so I, we, get, we get death threats. I mean, it's been, it, you know, we have, we have these issues. I want to take care of myself, protect myself. I go to the gun store and they're like, fill out the forms – they said, you're delayed. We'll let you know. Why? I, I, I am a law-abiding citizen. I have no history of mental illness. Mm-hmm. There's nothing on my record. But I get delayed. Now, imagine they, use, they start using people's speech against them. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, now, people are having their constitutional <coughs> rights curtailed. But not even their constitutional rights. Their God-given rights to defend <coughs> themselves from some of these crazy people, from lunatics, or just to keep and bear arms. I mean, regardless, mm-hmm. you, have a, you, you, know, you have a right, regardless of government, in my opinion, to do it. It gets dangerous when already there is – I think it's the FBI that does it, that does the, the, the national instant check system or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. It's already bad enough they could deny you and you don't know why. It happened to James O'Keefe. He got put on the list. Remember this? Mm. They just arbitrarily put him on the list and he couldn't buy a weapon. He had to file a lawsuit. Fortunately, he has the support to actually do that. This is why I, I, don't, I don't know if there is actually a solution mm. outside of cultural issues. Because we can talk about all of these things we can we can do, but then you take a look at this dude in Texas, and and he, first of all, how did he afford this the thousands? I mean, eight thousand dollars in weaponry, whatever. The money should have been a barrier, but it wasn't. Then he passes the background checks. What what could have been done? The left says ban the AR-15. So then he buys an AK. Yeah, that's not going to work. That you're not you're not saying anything. They say do background checks. He passed a background check. Do better background checks, and then what? regular people all of a sudden can't defend themselves. Look, the end result of what the democratic position is, I, sh- I, sh- I shouldn't say the left. I apologize for that because leftists like guns. I always got to correct <laughs> myself. They do. They're, they're big on guns. The end result is just ban all guns. That is the only thing. And that even that won't work because 3D <coughs> printed guns exist. And you can make a gun out of, out of a 3D printed material. You don't need much metal other than the firing pin, a thumbtack or something. Well, even even... In addition to that, I mean, we already have more guns in this country than we have people. Do you think all those people are going to get rid of the guns because you pass a law? No, they're going to lose them in boating accidents. I mean, right, right, right. do you think everybody who had a bump stock turned it in because the government said, nope, can't have it? Hey, and that was Trump. And there was one yeah. jurisdiction where they had the, they, they had a thing where you could return. I don't know if it was a buyback or not, but they wanted you to return in your bump stocks. And the uh, out of the entire city, they got seven. Wow. Oh, wow. Seven. <laughs> you what do you, what you, you think happened to all the other ones? I heard somebody on Twitter, and they said, you know what we need? We need gun buybacks. We need we need buybacks. Who's going to buy them? The government. And they said they said no no. They were like five thousand dollars per gun. And I was like, dude, do you? I'll go to the gun store and buy a gun for a couple hundred bucks and then bring and, it in for five grand. Are you nuts? Uh, I guess I guess their idea is like yeah. Then the the government basically buys every gun hmm. from every gun store and there's no guns. No, then people start three D printing them and turning them in for that's five right. grand. Hey, it's ten bucks in plastic and now I got you know it, it doesn't work, man. But that's the thing; they're already there. So all it's going to do is create a black market. Yeah, and then that's if even somebody worse. wants to find a gun, they're going to find a gun. If somebody wants to kill, they're going to find a way to kill. Their videos. So we got to start addressing the cultural the cultural aspects of this and people's behavior. What's triggering people now? That these young kids want to start slaughtering their their classmates when this hasn't been 
a precedent in the United States until what 1999. We've had guns in the schools and guns in kids' hands for, since since the 1800s. This is, this is a very recent problem. Uh, I'm looking at the pharmaceutical industry and kids on Klonopin when they're 12 or 14. Well, Butrin, oh, Prozac, okay. yeah, Adderall, Adderall. My gosh, Adderall. It's an amphetamine. And and then the kids don't know have emotions. They never cried it out when they were thirteen because they couldn't didn't feel the tear. They didn't feel it. And now they're they're lashing out like wild, mindless or emotionless yep. rather. Giving kids amphetamines mm-hmm. or SSRIs, just all of this stuff that kids are being pumped full of. And 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 I also got to say, social media. Yeah. We we talk about the media aspect of this. How these these shooters think they're going to get notoriety, but it's also. People were, I, I don't, I don't know much about this. Maybe you guys saw this where people on Discord were apparently egging this guy on. You see this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen posts before. People are like, you know, do it. You're a loser. You won't do it. And they try and egg him on. It That's feel, not helpful. It feels like it's so entrenched. Like I'm like, okay, you could homeschool your kids, arm the teachers and take the kids off of psychoactive pharmaceuticals. But like, that's like, all right, Titanic, you're about to hit the iceberg. Turn left. Like it sounds like. First of all, how in the hell are you going to do all that? The pharmaceutical industry, it feels like, from my perspective, that it's so entrenched in our in our existence at this point. I don't know how many billion-dollar industry it is. And, like, the way Pfizer just ran the COVID response, mm-hmm. seemingly like they were in charge. Somehow a corporation was in charge. I, I don't know how to get pharmaceuticals out of 12-year-olds' hands exactly. But, I mean, it's I, a scary reality, man. you got to educate the parents. But, you know, I'd be willing to bet that if you start talking about the pharmaceutical role and what's been happening in this country, the dramatic spike, I'd be willing to bet this. Maybe I'm wrong. There is going to be a visible correlation between the increase in medicating children and the increase in violent outbursts, general violence, and maybe mass shootings or things like this. General violence. Because I think the drugs are messing kids up. But if you start talking about that, you know that Big Pharma is funding all of these networks. They're not going to say it. You know, have you ever seen that meme where it's like, you know, local news brought to you by Pfizer. It's like CNN brought to you by Pfizer yeah. and ABC and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're not going to be on one of these big networks bad mouthing the pharmaceutical companies. Too or scaring, or scaring parents. Odd because it is. I mean, it's got to be the pharmaceutical. It's got to be the drugs. It's got to be psychoactive drugs and the 14, 15 year old kids. What else? I mean, it's driving them insane. Right? I don't, I don't know if it has to be. I think it plays a role. Gosh, I think I social media plays a huge role, man. Yeah, I think that, I think it's a combination of factors. But what what frustrates me the most is that for many people on the left, their only response is to want to confiscate guns well, and well, wait. Liberals, liberals, excuse me, excuse me, liberals is to to, uh, to to curtail the civil rights, to curtail the constitutional rights of people who have committed no crime yeah. at all. We have some so. If we're looking at a scale of things that are reasonable versus not reasonable, it seems that would be very reasonable to suggest, hey, why don't we lock down our schools and have a single point of entry, single point of exit, and a security guard? That's something very easy that we could do. That's something that would be incredibly cost-effective given how much money we spend on other things like $40 billion to Ukraine. And every single time we, we, we propose a common-sense solution, you know, they dig their heels into the ground and they say no. Their we only answer guns. is gun control. Yeah, yeah. And and gun control, it's just doesn't do anything. I'm I'm really concerned about I think you mentioned red flag laws earlier and like if someone has a medical marijuana card and the government has it scheduled as a narcotic mm-hmm. for some freaking reason. Yeah, you're 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 out. If if you get this is this is this is this was really messed up. If you have a, a medical marijuana card, you can't you can't get a gun. As it currently stands, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You can't freaking get a handgun And and I remember I was in California and I was I was skating in Venice and there are these guys that stand outside of these shops. 
And they're like, yo, yo, weed card, weed card, weed card. And I'm skating. And the dude goes, bro, 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 come here, come here. And I was like, I stopped. What up? And he goes, you got your weed card yet? And then I was like, I was like, I, what do I need a weed card for? And he's like, oh, medical marijuana, dude. He's like, you got to get medical marijuana, man. And then I was like, I don't need it. And he goes, oh, no, you got something. You got to talk to the doctor, man. You don't know until you talk to the doctor. And then I was like, I'm healthy and I got nothing wrong with me. And he goes, you skateboard, your feet hurt? And I was like, uh, I mean, sometimes like, oh, dude, you need weed. You got to come in and talk to the doctor, five bucks. I got and my medical card in San Francisco and they're like, so what's the problem? I was like, I'm stressed. He was like, what's, what's stressing you out? I was like, the Federal Reserve has a monopoly on our monetary system. <laughs> and the guy was like, signed. He just gave it to me. But, th- but now you can't get a gun. Well, not in California. I don't know. Maybe not in California. Uh, I, don't, I don't have I, my license anymore, don't, but I don't know how those laws work. It's yeah, crazy. I, I don't know how absolute it is. Mm-hmm. It, it might be if like you're a current user, those cards yeah, can disqualify you. Yeah, if, if you have a card, yeah. you see what they do? Yeah. Wow. But and how many, how many people were like, oh, yeah, I'll get a card. It's five bucks. I might not use it. And boom, now it's like you got to put that on the form and they're going to deny you. The mm-hmm. background check form you fill out asks you if you've used drugs. So mm-hmm. what? But it not uh, alcohol? Doesn't mention alcohol or doesn't mention pharmaceuticals either? Well, well, hold on. Right. It does mention alcohol. The good news is there is an exemption, okay, if you're Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. Must Hunter, know you just got to toss your illegally purchased firearm into a dumpster yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So for those that don't know, he lied on his form, and then he th- what, his wife did it or something. She threw it in a garbage can. Uh, dumpster behind a school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, behind a school. Yeah. So yeah. insanely illegal. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and then Joe Biden comes out, and he's like, I care about this like no you don't arrest your kid and then we'll talk <laughs> oh, joe biden while the, while they while this was going down he was on another network giving uh, a speech or something unrelated to this just to, just flip the roles if there was a school shooting massacre and donald trump didn't stop everything he was doing rightly so and shift to the school shooting stop whatever event he was at but joe biden like you say he doesn't care he was he was out reading some teleprompter somewhere while 20, 20 children just got murdered. If you really cared, you stop and you get your ass down to Texas and you say, I'm here. I care. He didn't go to Waukesha. He didn't go to he's Waukesha. He's like, oh, I'm busy. I, and, and then what, what does he do? He comes out and he's like, we're, we're a deer. We're in Kevlar. It's like, dude, are, are you hunting deer with handguns? Like, what, do you, what do you mean by this? There's, there, he's not, he's, I'm sorry. They're not saying anything. They're not saying this. I, 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 I genuinely want the violence to stop. I want, mm. I want to solve this, okay? And so I am not a gun expert, but I know a little bit more than the average person, and I own several. And so having been to the range, having talked with instructors, having been, been giving instru- given instruction, having learned about the laws and having to deal with it myself, I'm like, hmm, interesting. And then every single liberal that I talk to about this will say something that makes no sense. Like there was that famous news video, the news. I think it was CNN. I'm not sure. They said fully semi-automatic, not a thing. It doesn't. They, yeah. They think silencers are pew pew pew. They've never actually heard what it's. They've a watched presser. a movie though. They've watched a movie and pew pew. They think they they think these things, and then it's just fascinating when I when they say ban the AR-15, and I'm like, you're not saying anything. How do we? I don't know how to solve this, man. If 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 you can't actually engage, I made a tweet about it. I said. With all of the death and destruction, it's time to do the only logical thing <laughs> and implement gun policy based on the opinions of people who've never handled or researched guns. That's right. The Democratic right. Party. Yeah. There you go. All so right, well, I'm glad we solved the two-way issue tonight. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I'm at the point now when they come out with these emotional attacks or whatever, I'm just like, I literally don't care. You're not going to come to me, and I'm I'm tired of playing this, and I'm not going to pander to anybody. I'm not going to be. You know. You know what's really funny is every single time, everyone 
addresses a school shooter. They go deep into this psychopath, this deranged person. We get it. Like Ted Cruz is talking to a journalist, and he's like, this this psychotic, this psychopath. And I'm like, that's what everybody does. And it's predictable they do this, but we all know no one is going to – no one in good faith is going to be like, oh, Ted Cruz didn't think the person was crazy. We, we know these people are crazy. We all get that. But it's going to be tough to find a solution when one party has no vested interest or no real interest in actually resolving the issue. They just want gun control. So we, we, it's hard to have an honest conversation. They're never going to come to the table and accept the fact or publicize the, the fact that 89% of all gun deaths in the United States are due to gang violence and suicides. Yeah. You know, school shootings are an incredibly rare event. Mm. Um, gun deaths in general outside of suicides and gang violence are an incredibly rare event. But, but given how the media covers it, you'd think that we have a crisis of mass proportions in the United States. Even if you look at it on a per capita basis, you know, deaths per 100,000, uh, the United States doesn't even rank in the top 10 mm. for, for uh, mass shootings. Yeah, and, and it's mostly with handguns. Most mass shootings are handguns. And we never talk about Chicago. And this is another, it's like a cliche response you'll get from a lot of, a lot of people, especially on the right. But I get it. It's, it, you know, look, kids dying is, is, is a shock to the system. That's, I understand why we talk about that for sure. But we do have mass shootings all the time in Chicago, in Baltimore, in Detroit, in these cities. No one seems to care about them. So I guess black lives don't really matter to them, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, did you, did you see that video where the, uh, the guy walks up to the, the yeah. hospital? Where everyone's got the signs and he says, do black lives matter? And they're like, yes. And he's like, what about the babies that are being aborted? He's like, yeah, I didn't think so. Mm-hmm. So I certainly think when they, when they call Candace Owens a white supremacist, um, these are not serious people. <laughs> when Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy, these are not serious people. Yo, I would love to solve these problems and move this country forward, but it's, it's seemingly impossible. Now I, I can, I'll fully recognize there are people on the right. Who are just as bad. Oh, yeah. But, but the thought leaders in, 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 within the right are having the conversations. People like, I'll just shout out, Ben Shapiro's got one of the biggest podcasts in the world. He is a conservative. He is a very mainstream, traditional conservative, Orthodox Jew. And he is all about having conversations with people. Why not have those conversations? Some people do. But when we try and invite prominent people on the left, they won't do it. They won't have these conversations. And when I try to engage with them, they don't have the answers. They don't have any proposals that make sense. There's something about the arrogance that we, we see with the establishment Democrats, and, and don't get me wrong, the uniparty Republicans along with them, where there's almost no interest in getting anything done. Let's jump to this next story, though, while we're talking about getting nothing done. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually something getting done, actually. TimCast.com reports Oklahoma governor signs law banning abortion from moment of conception. Woo. This is interesting. They crafted this abortion ban off of liberal arguments, leftist arguments. They say House Bill 4327 went into effect immediately upon signing and bans abortion unless the procedure is necessary to save the life of the mother or is the result of rape, sexual assault or incest that has been reported to law enforcement. Removing a miscarried fetus or ectopic pregnancy will not be considered abortion. There it is. Every argument from the left has been addressed. Yeah, it's brilliant. It basically bans elective abortion. Mm. That's it. This is the the only state in the nation to have banned elective abortion. Most, I I believe there's maybe like a a dozen or two states that have uh, elective abortion to the point of viability or at viability, meaning the baby can survive. And then you have seven states plus Washington, D.C. that allow you to abort a baby at nine months. Now, hold on. I can already hear the, the, the liberals screaming. 
I did not say it is a common occurrence. That is not my point. My point is it is illegal, and so it happens sometimes. I don't care if it's rare. If it's not an issue and it's not happening all the time, why is it legal? Why should it be allowed? Additionally, as for this law, this appears to be the majority opinion of this country, mm-hmm. that people want abortion to be legal only in certain circumstances. Well, here it is. This is what Oklahoma's done, right? I thought that, maybe I'm wrong, Roe v. Wade, does that not protect, uh, or does that not say that the states cannot ban abortion? It certainly does. So how is this guy signing a bill that bans it? The same way that California doesn't enforce immigration laws. Whoa. That's right. California Sanctuary status. They're a sanctuary state, and they will not cooperate or work with federal law Mm -hmm. enforcement. You know, I respect the state's rights to do that. It's not even about if I agree with it or not. I I respect that that's how the, the United States works. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely don't. No? I do not. You don't like, like that governors can go rogue? I don't like the governors can go rogue because... I, they got to because DeSantis, man, he, he, he was like a beacon during the COVID pandemic. Florida thrived. Sure, there, there's differences between Florida being like, we're not going to agree with, uh, agree with federal guidelines on a lot of these things, and we're going to run our state the way we want. There's another thing when, at a federal level, when it comes to things like illegal immigration or slavery or abortion... We're like, there are certain things that this country has not made, that has made illegal. Now, the reason why I don't like it is if you look at what California's done, they, by, by, by not enforcing immigration law, they inflate their population to a certain degree, and then uh, uh, congressional seats are, are, are apportioned based on population and, size. And electoral college. And an electoral college yeah. means California got an extra vote in the presidency. So when people say illegal immigrants vote, let me correct you. They do not individually go out and vote, but it doesn't matter. We elect our president through the Electoral College. They don't need to vote. Their presence grants an extra vote to California. Now, California lost a vote, I think, in the last, uh, due to the last census. But before this, constantly just allowing people to come in, granting them free health care, they're putting a strain on, on, on the surrounding states. And imagine you are, you know, Nevada or Idaho or, or, or Arizona, and you've got people going into California, staying there, in violation of the law, and then they can cross over from the from the West into your state that's already dealing with a border crisis. Mm-hmm. That's an issue for other states that's infringing upon those states' rights. This is the kind of issue that literally resulted in the Civil War. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The South, they had slaves. And they said the North should abide by federal law, right? Well, the federal law had the Fugitive Slave Act, and the North was not abiding by it. I mean, I, that I agree with. That I, I think the problem, uh, I think slavery shouldn't should have been uh, uh, abolished. The issue for the South, though, was that if the federal government 
was not going to be able to enforce these laws, then why should there be a union at all? Well, there you go. Well, that's the issue. It's the federal government. So, you know, the Tenth Amendment, reserve power, states should be able to do all these things, X, Y, and Z, that are not granted in the Constitution of the federal government. So I think a hybrid of what you guys are saying is sort of workable. The problem with the sanctuary states thing on the immigration issue is that it's not being enforced. Like, the federal government could go and enforce the law in California. They are electing not to do that. They are electing to break their own federal, our own federal statutes. That's my problem because they agree with the policy decision in California that overrides a federal statute. Someone should be going to jail on this and enforcing this law and allowing our immigration authorities to go in there and not uh, do that. But the thing, the way they work it is they, they basically go into all the jails when illegal immigrants come over and make first contact with law enforcement and the ICE detainers aren't applied. They're just like, we're not doing it. We're, we are literally, we, California, are not doing it. It's it's a it's a federal offense. Someone should go prosecute the governor. I suppose you know we can say this too. You're just looking back on my what I literally said. It's an issue of our our personal morals and worldviews as to what we think is fair and acceptable. Yeah, because weed, for instance, California was like it's legal here, and the feds aren't gonna we're gonna protect you from the feds. That was basically, and then the feds were like, all right, they proved their point. We're not messing with California no. anymore. No, that's not true. Well, for the most part, yeah, it got I think better. Obama was like sending the troops. Kind of, the but DA it, it, was storming. It laxed. When I was there in 2006, it was very da- it was very dangerous to have a weed card. But then by 2010, it was totally there, cool. There are there. Are are some instances, I suppose, I, I think the illegal immigration issue is probably what I mostly disagree with. And I think maybe the states asserting themselves is probably a good thing. So maybe I'll walk back a, a little bit. The thing about the illegal immigration is that it affects the entirety of the country in a very serious negative way politically. Mm-hmm. It, it actually takes congressional seats from somewhere else and gives it to a state. So it's almost like stealing influence, whereas the weed thing is not that big of a deal. And like I was just saying, you know, when the North was refusing to return slaves, that was a good thing. The North saying, screw you, we don't care about your law. Okay, that I agree with. So maybe there are positions where the states should say screw off to the federal government. Could the federal government just refuse to acknowledge the population growth of California if they know that there's illegal immigration? Well, that's what the Trump administration tried to do with uh, how they were doing the census back in 2020. They wanted to not include illegal aliens. Right. So that, that, that's the whole, the whole point of the census, it goes to the electoral college and a couple other things, but that's what he tried to do. That the census was basically saying, you're counting them wrong. You're counting illegal people in the census, and the census is supposed to count Americans because we only have X amount of electoral votes. There's no new ones. It's not like you're getting another one, like Tim said. I think what most people don't get is it's not like California got a plus one and everybody else stayed the same. Somebody lost one. That's the problem. That was the matter that that Trump was trying to take on. He's like, why why should they lose one if their gain if their population is remaining the same and another population is increasing with illegally uh, present individuals? That was the that was the heart of the matter. And they didn't want to like show who was legal. They didn't want people coming in being like, show me your papers because they thought it was like Nazi Germany and people would get arrested, families would get broken up. And that's why there was so much resistance to it. Yeah, I I, I think that uh, that's a lie. Like, I, I think they know exactly what they're doing. Is it Cal- like California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure they do. And yeah. so, but they'll come out and be like, it's racist. <laughs> sure. It's yeah. easy. It's easy to say it. Right. It's yeah. like, and it works. You know, all the headlines. Yeah. Everybody's a racist if you're not for illegal immigration. I'm for legal immigration, and I'm just not for illegal immigrants wrecking our society. I mean, what's, what's, what's your ethnic background? Uh, Indian. So you're the Indian face of white supremacy. Yeah, I'm the br- <laughs> yeah, I'm brown lives matter. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it. How how do regular people fall for that stuff, right? 
Calling Larry Elder the black face of white supremacy. But it's just, just easy. Nuts. It's just an easy epithet that's meaningless. And it's, it's like we were talking about earlier. It doesn't solve anything. No one's having an actual conversation. They're just like, oh, that sounds cool. And let me go blast it on social media it, and get popular. It's, well, it's, be, it's used so much now, though, that it's lost all of its meaning. Yeah, I think it's Roman supremacy. And that we didn't talk about, we talk about empires and how empires fall, but like the Roman Empire is still so heavily entrenched, the Roman Catholic Church, the Roman, and like the Roman, I don't know where else you want to go with it, but. Why the Romans? The Roman Empire, we're basically the vestige of the Roman Empire right now. We are. The Roman Catholic Church is basically the Holy Roman Empire that lasted for another thousand years after the Roman Empire fell apart. Uh, Maybe a little too. And then they call it white. Derivative. I mean, if you want to go back, you can keep going back beyond that and talk about all the other cultures. You could. The Romans were pretty unique in history. Like white, we talk about white supremacy. It's really Roman supremacy. The slave estate of the Roman Empire. I don't agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of that tonight. There wasn't. Yeah. What's, what's in your water? I mean, the, Euro- <laughs> the Europeans were, you know, it's an amalgamation of the Roman it was, holdovers. It, was, it, it fractured. Yeah. They all became their kind of similar but di- different, you know, cultures. Then we got colonization. It's a really interesting history. It's fascinating. The Roman Empire breaks up. Then you get all these, you know, countries emerge, sharing a language in some ways and not in others. Then they go off and colonize other areas, compete with each other, going to war. It, it is pretty crazy. Yeah, they took Germany, France, and Spain in Italy, the Romans, and then, of course, the Empire. But I, I just think there's, uh, there, there, there is a majority privilege, right? I, I think when you look to any country, the people who look mostly like each other typically are, you know, more likely to work with each other. In China, they're all racist to people who aren't Chinese. Mm. So these things, they, they happen, but to, to blindly just come out when someone has a, a legitimate critique or political concept and to insult them as racist, to call, to, to say simultaneously that only white people can be racist, but Candace Owens is a white supremacist, I'm just kind of like, you lost me because I don't think you're actually saying words anymore. I think it's just a cult. Well, I'm not a racist. I'm just a genocidal dictator. Remember, they skipped the oh, racist. Right, well, right. Yeah, the Daily Beast yeah. said right. that. So, I, you know, I wonder what it feels like to be called a racist. I, I think know. you think we're all a little racist, small <clears throat> r racist. I think that you're right. More that it's more about familiarity bias. People aren't necessarily right. racist. Just whatever you've been around. Well, is my what family you're first. With. Yeah, when my family first came here, my dad, his eight brothers and sisters, and their wives or husbands and their kids in one, you know, one place. I don't know that we were racist, but they didn't know the world. They they hung out with Indian people, not because they didn't want to hang out with other people. They just didn't know what the heck to do. My mother wore sorry to the grocery store for 10 years because she didn't know what else to wear. I, I would like to go on record and just say I hate everybody equally. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's smart. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Let's uh let's 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 just totally jump onto a different subject. I want to talk about what's going on with uh, um, Sussman, the Clinton oh, campaign, yeah. and all that stuff. Oof. So we have this story from CNN. And it's from May 17th. Just something to kick things off. Prosecutors say Clinton campaign lawyer tried to manipulate the FBI with Trump-Russia tip at first Durham, uh, as first Durham trial opens. So we've heard a lot about this, the, the, the trial of, uh, um, from, you know, uh, of Sussman, mm-hmm. Michael Sussman. Do you want to break down what this is all about? What's the elevator pitch on this story for people who aren't familiar with what's going on right all now? All right. Let me give you the triangle. And, 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 the, and the quick and dirty is... It's all up for free at DurhamWatch.com on Fight With Cash. You could literally get everything I'm about to tell you. All the documents, so you can read them yourselves, all the transcripts, all the judicial pleadings and everything over at DurhamWatch.com. But here's the triangle, okay, right? Democratic Party under Hillary Clinton is running for president, and they're like, okay, we are going to do a couple of things. We are going to run two lines of effort to take out then-candidate Trump. We are going to use the FBI to do it. We're going to use the media to do it. And then the Hillary Clinton is going to be the third piece of that triangle, their campaign. 
So the Steele dossier, we've talked about that in the show before, the hired help from overseas to filter in unverified information to the FBI, the FBI knowingly lying to a federal court to surveil Donald Trump. And, of course, the Hillary Clinton campaign funded that entire thing. We know that. We proved that in the Russiagate investigation. John Durham's next indictment after this one is the Danchenko case he's trying in the fall is the Christopher Steele source, the takedown of that line of effort one. Line of effort two was the Hillary Clinton campaign on a parallel track running, let's just call it the Alpha Bank server deal, right? Because it's just easier to quantify that. That's what Sussman's on trial for. Michael Sussman was one of the head lawyers for the Hillary Clinton campaign at this law firm, Perkins Coie, right? Hillary Clinton campaign paid them 50 to $100 million for services. They took that money and doled it out to people like Fusion GPS, Christopher Steele, and the Alpha Bank server. This parallel track, what are they doing on this? They said, okay, the Steele dossier route isn't enough. We need a backup. So they went out and hired this tech guy, Rodney Jaffe, okay, and basically said, we need you to go find a connection between Trump and Russia. And here's where we want you to do it. Get technical, get us computer details that show Trump Tower is connected to Russia through this bank, right? So, and, so, so they're, they're fabricating a narrative. Literally. And, and what's come out in this trial is, is, is exactly that. The F, the, the information was taken to the FBI and the FBI said the next day they knew it was false. That's wow. what the agent testified yeah. to during this case. Yeah. And so Russiagate should have stopped immediately. Well, Russiagate should have stopped, and, 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 but it didn't because you had a couple of corrupt FBI cops, Comey, McCabe, Strzok, this Hyde guy, who were running the whole thing. But not only were they running it internally, they were running it with the media. What came out in this trial is all these guys at Michael Sussman, Fusion GPS, Hillary Clinton, they were all meeting with the media. They were sending Christopher Steele to meet with the media. They were sending Rodney Jaffe to meet with the media. Why? Circular reporting. The FBI is like, oh, look, look what CNN's publishing. Must be true. We have a source that says that. Here's the kicker of the whole thing. Both Christopher Steele and Rodney Jaffe, FBI sources. The entire time. And they both got fired. Why? For leaking to the media. But here's what the FBI did. They kept taking their intel to prosecute their case against Donald Trump once he became president. So... It is a, it is the biggest criminal enterprise in U.S. history. From my perspective as a former federal prosecutor, I'm probably biased because of Russiagate, you know, living through that, um, you know, running that investigation. But it's a story that needs to be told. And I, I think the only way going to sort of the accountability portion, because you can run constitutional oversight in Congress and we got 17 people fired, including Comey. And that, okay, that's a start. What John Durham has done is basically mobilized this thing and said, okay, I'm going to take some people out with indictments. So, so the, the Russia collusion narrative is false. 100%. We, we learned that with the end of the Mueller probe right away that it was a lot of nonsense. He said it too, yeah. But you, uh, I think you along with Devin Nunes, mm-hmm. you know, you, you had a report basically a year before the end of the Mueller probe, I think it was. So we've consistently learned that something was just, which is not true in all of this. But now we actually have in the investigation, that from the get-go, FBI knew it was not true, some, mm-hmm. a lot of this information. Did Hillary Clinton directly know what they were doing in terms of fabricating the narrative? And here's the kicker. Uh, you know, the, Just real quick, yes, she did? Or yeah, you, she, did. She, she did. But the kicker is we knew it. We were able to prove it with classified information, documents that were coming in slowly, but we couldn't tell the world. What happens now? Hillary Clinton's campaign manager from 2016, Robbie Mook, testifies for the defense in the Sussman prosecution. And literally testifies under oath and says, oh, yeah, Hillary Clinton not only knew about it, acceded to it and directed us to go and leak this bogus intel 
to the media. Wow. That's that's the most damning statement to come out of this trial. Watergate on steroids, huh? Yeah, man. And it's and it, I think the trial wraps up tomorrow. And um, you know, look, the best if people want to understand Russiagate, you need to do two things: go read the Nunes memo, which we which we wrote four pages. It'll take you twelve minutes. Take ninety minutes of your life and go watch the plot is, against the president. Is there is there some kind of like um, what's what's how, how do I describe this? Is is there is there for, is there some reason why the people who believed this are the same people who believe Jesse Smollett? Mm. Yeah, they, look, the one unifying factor on all of this, the one the one thing that threw the FBI's top level off and became total partisan hacks was their unified hatred for Donald Trump. That's what it was. It's it is corrupted our law enforcement industry. From just the top level, the the main guys, they're great. But here's the here's the thing: the cast of characters that read the Hillary Clinton email investigation, the server thing, same FBI agents involved in this case and the Steele dossier. Trump derangement syndrome. Why do they dislike him so much? That I don't know. I, I mean, I honestly, I can't answer that question. I have no idea. But it's never been an issue. I served in Democratic Justice Departments, the Republican Justice. You just did the mission. You're just like, this is a job. This is easy. This is a fun part. Go put bad guys away. They were just like, nope. King Comey was in there, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and the media, and they were basically like, "We are going to take out Trump." And then once he won, they were like, "Okay, we screwed that up, but we're still going to take him out." And they continued to bogus. And do you have any idea how much taxpayer money it costs to run these investigations? Jeez. You have any idea? It's 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 hundreds of millions of dollars mm. to do this kind of surveillance work on a target. It's insane. And it was all it was all bogus. Now, how much of this is normal politics? Do they do this all the time? No, no. This, was, this like, was crazy. I mean, this is that FISA court, the special court, whatever you want to call it. I used to do it to manhunt terrorists. That's what it's for, you know, to protect the nation. It's not for a political campaign to come in and say we're going to create a national security issue. And oh, by the way, the target's my political so, opponent. So why isn't Hillary Clinton in jail? Man, prove. So look, proving that is going to be very hard. That she. Um, broke a federal law now what you can do and what john durham's doing i think is building a conspiracy case behind these indictments because he said in federal court in writing on his pleadings he said judge there's a joint venture conspiracy it's a legal term what does that mean wow. he's like judge he said that I, to the judge oh yeah it's it's on durhamwatch.com go get the pleading wow it's his under oath statement basically that's what a pleading is to a federal judge and he's saying not only is rodney jaffe the tech giant the tech guy a target of my investigation but i'm looking at multiple people in the media i'm in, i'm interrogating fbi agents who worked on this case and also people on the hillary clinton campaign he can't name those people but he can give them my title and he's telling the world i'm conducting a criminal conspiracy investigation because this didn't happen with one or two people so two, two part question for you so what needs to happen, in your opinion, to restore faith in these institutions? And then what happens to the country if that faith in these institutions isn't restored? What happens is what you see, you see a continuation of what's going on right now. And it doesn't just trickle into just the political sphere. It trickles into everything. When they're talking about is the FBI doing the work across the country to reduce crime, whatever type, murder, guns, narco-trafficking, human trafficking. Everybody loses faith in their ability just to do those few things. And then we're just completely screwed. But I don't, the fix is the man, the manpower, right? The, whoever runs these agencies, you have to go find that guy. And Chris Ray is definitely not that guy. The guy who's running it now, he's almost as bad as Comey because he's allowed this entire thing to go on for four or five years now. 
And unless you get rid of these guys, but the political leadership doesn't want to. And this is the, this is the problem I have with my DOJ, my former place of work. They always champion themselves as being like, we're apolitical. We are historically apart. We don't take our orders from the president. Well, you actually do. And you allowed a presidential political candidate to give you your orders and to pay you and to pay for corruption to take over the top level of the FBI. And you need accountability. You need some of those people to be convicted in federal court. That's a piece of it. Then you need to put the right people in place. I'm kind of disillusioned, to I be know, honest. I know. You know, when, when, when the email thing was going on, I love how to, you know, most Democrats, it's a joke. You know, they, they have a meme where they, amongst themselves, will say, like, but her emails, whenever something crazy happens, but her emails. And I'm like, dude, yeah, like uh, someone working in public office destroyed public records. That's crazy. They don't care. I know. It, it, like, that, dude, if, if my, my attitude is I was always a Trump's not that bad kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't vote for him the first time. I voted for him the second, second time because I just Joe Biden was just so awful. And I liked the, I liked the second term agenda, but I was always like very early on when Trump was running and everyone's screaming about screaming about him. I was always a yeah, but Trump's not that bad. I mean, like this is crazy. He's there was worse than Hitler. What are you talking about? Calm down, dude. Well, I think the the part of the problem people have is the double standard. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, I read a story about a a naval officer. He was on a submarine and took a photo of where he worked, his sub, in a hallway, nothing classified, just to show his kid. And it got out that he had taken this photo, and because it's it's all classified, they uh, indicted him. He was prosecuted. I think he did a little bit of jail time for one wow. single photo that mm-hmm. wasn't exposing anything sensitive at all. Meanwhile, you have Hillary Clinton, who had a private server <laughs> with God knows how many emails, what, 30,000 emails on it. Right. And, and not only was all of this classified information, and, and information that was born classified on this server— mm-hmm. But this server was exposed to other nations wow. and was, and we had vulnerabilities to where she had vulnerabilities to where all of, all of this documentation was available to, to China, to Russia, to people who could weaponize that information against the United States. So when people look at those two circumstances, you got a guy who just wanted to show a picture to his kid, what? did jail time. And then this offense and absolutely nothing is going to happen to this person. It just, it, it, it's, it, I can see how the country would be disillusioned. And thinking that we're basically a banana republic, where if you're a, a, a certain part of the political class, if you come from a certain pedigree, then you're above the law, and the rest of us just have to to deal with. Was wasn't there some guy who went on Reddit and he was like, "I need to figure out how to delete emails from a VIP." Do you know about this story for Hillary Clinton server? Yeah. Oh yeah, there was like sma- literally smashing of servers. There was people like googling how to delete stuff. There was a guy people incredible. using hammers on phones. But there was yeah. one story. I, I don't I don't know uh, if it's verified or whatever. But someone apparently. This is the story, okay? So somebody went on Reddit and said, I need to find a way to remove someone from a bunch of emails. They're very VIP. And then once the email, like, so it was like, it was an old post. Someone found it and they were like, yo, I think this is the guy who works for Hillary who was posting this. So I, it's an old story. I don't know the full details on, but there was tons of stuff like that. At the very least, the smashing cell phones of the hammer. It's the, but yeah, it's the. It doesn't do anything. It's stupid, but it's funny. Yeah. It's Hammer, the double, it's double standard. When I saw yeah, Hillary's um, emails released to the public through uh, WikiLeaks, and I read about um, Sidney Blumenthal talking to her, like so many emails between her and Sidney Blumenthal and his company Osprey Global Solutions. They're like, Hillary, you know, when we get into Libya, we're gonna set up Osprey to run guns, yeah. basically for this new puppet uh, government that you're gonna set up. So she's like, all right, Sid, and she sends it over to her, whoever, her manager or assistant or whatever to read these 
Like, so she's basically took us to war to set her buddy up with an arms deal. I mean, it's, and, but, so I read that. I was like, well, logic dictates I will not vote for that. I don't, I no longer support that. Maybe it's always been that corrupt, but I mean, there's some sunshine. Let's, let's, let's throw throw some shade at the media real quick. One of my favorite moments was when, I think it was in the 2016 debates, Trump says Hillary Clinton acid washed her server. (laughs) And NBC News issued a fact check saying false. Hillary Clinton did not put a corrosive chemical on her computer. And it was like, what? What? That's, that's not. That's not what Trump was saying. That's got to be the Onion. What? Who did no, that? Yeah, yeah. NBC News. Yeah. I think it. It might, it might have been ABC. Let me. Let me. But that's just, that's just a piece of it. That's that, that's part of the problem. You're saying how do you fix it? And I forgot to address it. You, how? I don't know if you can. I don't know what's easier to fix. I think personally, I could go in and fix the FBI in five months. I don't know how you fix the media. Hmm. You guys are the experts there. Like, how do you get the ability for five years? Half the we, world and half of America thinks Russia Gate and Donald Trump actually colluded with Russia. They are now finally starting to pull back those stories because of these prosecutions. But how do you stop them from they, – they knew the facts back then. They just didn't want to report it. Here, ch- check this out. Can we pull this up? Can we get it? It says, the claim, Trump says Clinton acid-washed her email servers. The truth. Clinton's team used an app called BleachBit. She did not use a corrosive chemical. No. no. <laughs> NBC <laughs> News fact check. So Welcome to the modern media, my friends. Wow. Amazing. And that's the problem. And how do yeah. you fix that? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how you fix the media. I think that's a harder fix than the government. Better let's, media. Let's, 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 talk about, let's talk about one thing is Truth Social. Heck yeah. So uh, I have Truth Social here, and uh, this is what my Truth Social dashboard looks like. So when uh, Cash got here, you mentioned Truth. You were like truthing something. Mm-hmm. I think the branding is bad, by the way. <laughs> like truthing it. I don't know. But, you know, I just got to be honest. All right. Well, All right. I was thinking confirm could be a good one. I will confirm it. And then how many confirmations did you get? Well, That'd be a cool. That's you cool. you should have just shouted that out when Trump was on the phone when we, before the yeah. show. Yo, <laughs> Trump, get better branding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard a great meme. They were like, Trump should have called it Kafifi. <laughs> Everyone would have wanted the Kafifi app. Like, I got to get it. It would have been Trump's. Like but uh, so, so you mentioned, you know, getting Truth Social. And I got I to gotta be honest, engagement is nuts. Crazy. People on Truth Social, because I was ragging on it a while ago because it was like locked up and mm-hmm. nobody was using it. Trump wasn't even on it. Now it's flowing. I went, I went and looked at it, and all of a sudden I have like all of these. I posted something nonsensical, and I get all these crazy, you know, comments. And I start looking at other users and seeing this massive engagement that I didn't see before. So before the show, you mentioned I'm like I don't have an iPhone, and you were like just pull up on the browser, and I was like you could do that now. Pulled up on the browser. And there it is. Now I can use it in my browser or whatever. So Truth Social actually has substantial engagement. I mean, you were mentioning you got how many followers? 600,000. And I'm not even 600, like 600,000 followers. And uh, it was at the same time Elon Musk was announcing he was going to buy Twitter. Truth Social spikes in the app store. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you this. This seems to be – it's almost like, I don't know, uh, a snowball rolling down a hill. Something that's actually competing with these big tech Silicon Valley uh, platforms. What I find interesting is uh, the timing of Elon Musk wanting to come in and buy Twitter at a time when Truth Social is coming out and basically getting all of these Trump-supporting populist types to join the platform. Mm -hmm. If there's one thing that could potentially stop that, it's Elon Musk coming in, pulling Twitter back. I wonder how much of this was Elon recognizing, he said it, that people are leaving to Truth Social because of the censorship. I wonder if he was like, I can make money if I stop that and bring these people back, you know? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen on that uh, that Twitter deal. But, you know, I have to say as a disclosure, I'm, I'm a member of the board of directors for 
TMTG that owns Truth Social. So, no, they don't pay me. I just get to do more work for free. Okay, but, uh, but basically, <laughs> what actually I want to why do you have your picture up, Tim? So, Tim and I, I don't think that everybody knows this. We are having a, a, a Times Square billboard off. Woo. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I literally have a, a Plot Against the King billboard along with a COVID jab billboard right next to Tim's it. billboard. But it's mine's only thirty feet, not seventy feet. Uh-huh. So you you won this round. <laughs> but uh, we why did we did it for the same reason? We wanted to go into the lion's den and be like, why can't we blast out? We last week we did a whole billboard on RussiaGate and DurhamWatch.com. This week we're selling the book, The Plot Against the King. Why not? And it's like you said, Absolutely. I don't know that's going to get much, you know, generate a lot of business. But the point is, we're there. Oh, here's what I want to point out too. When you look at this image, I want you all to understand. Here's the billboard. Okay, and you may be wondering, Tim. Okay, you got yourself a billboard. That's cool, but like, what's what's culture jamming about? It's like, what's it? You just got a billboard, right? So I talked about how we never spent any money on marketing for this show until now, and we want to do culture jamming as marketing, ladies and gentlemen. This is above the ABC News building. (laughs) You can see right here, ABC News, ESPN, with all their fancy marketing and everything, and I am on top. Let's jam. You know, so these many of these blue check journalists, most of them probably don't care. They're, some of them are probably fans. They're probably like cool. Yeah. But some of these snooty people, these corporate press, these shills on these morning shows, they get to walk in in the morning and look up at who's on top of their building. So it is a simple message to the elites that you are not the elites anymore. These people who think they're the best, they're the they're smartest, they're the strongest. No, 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 no. We are we are coming. We are asserting ourselves in this space. I was excited for this one. I didn't know it was going to go up so early. It was supposed to go up in four days, but they put it up early. So it's good, and that's why we also like gave a nod to Truth Social on on one of these billboards that we're doing the last week or the next week. And and I got to bring up how how we brought uh, the beginning of the show again. So yes, I did agree, and I did ask President Trump to go on Tim Pool. Woo. Tim Cast, and he did say yes. But he said I, it was the greatest show. Everyone agrees. Uh, you know, yeah. At, yeah. at least that's what he was told. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. And uh, but there was, a, you know, hey, there was a bargain in place. I, I, I'm challenging the uh, Tim Casters to go out and buy as many copies of the oh, Plot yeah. Against the King as they can, because if they push through, then I'm going to work my tail off to make sure that Tim Cast with Trump actually happens. Where that, was the, that was the quid pro quo. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> an actual quid pro quo. <laughs> I'll advertise it as that. Right. Hell yeah, man. Where can people buy it? Theplotagainsttheking.com. That's yeah, nice. Very easy. It's it's Russia Gate for kids. It's Russia Gate for kids. How can you not want to read this story? Adults should read this story. It's super fun. There's pictures. I can read it. It's at my level. I got through the first page already. I liked it. (laughs) Um, When when you were talking to Trump, I could sort of hear some of it. I'm like, it has to be fake because it was so perfectly Trump. Oh man, it's like it sounds like a recording of him. You know, like Cash comes in here and he presses play on a video. Like talking to I'm not going to talking to Trump. I swear. Now I I can get him on your show. Just sell books for me, and then it's like. Just it's a like, video of that's Trump a quick pro quo. Hey, I got to make up for 16 years of being poor in government and educating <laughs> children. I remember regarding truth, it had a rocky start yeah. because they used Mastodon code, but it's what they had to. It was a free software license code. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they use exactly what the licensing code was, uh, but it was they were supposed to show the the software code because they were reusing it mm-hmm. as per the code, and they didn't. And uh, that really bothered me and set me off. But the upside is it's using Mastodon code, which means we can federate the thing. And create interoperability between networks. So, like, if you're logged into Minds or Truth Social or Twitter, if we can get a hold of Twitter's software licensing codes, um, we'll be able to – you'll be able to message someone on Truth Social from your Twitter account and vice versa and create, like, a network of networks. Mm -hmm. I think Truth will be a great part of that. Does this tie into graphene? 
I'm into that. I have some right here. Would you like to tie it into graphene? <laughs> I think Every, we're, we're starting to using graphene wiring. So everybody's maybe. been ragging on Ian because they're saying boraphene is the future, and he's living 20 years in the past. It's oh, the man. fiend. It's the structure that's important, not necessarily the carbon itself, although oh. carbon's pretty cool because if you have this uh, hexagonal lattice uh, structure, nanostructure of like a monoatomic layer of, of chemicals, apparently boron's equally as cool as what carbon. What do you use that for? So, dude, touchscreen wallpaper. You can you can make clothing that's touchscreen, super capacitor, battery. Your clothing can wow. be batteries. You're like if back we can to get future. Donald, we, I think Donald can run on this stuff because this is going to be the industry of the 21st century. It's going to be the new steel. People are going to be making buildings out of it, uh, wiring out of it, touchscreen, all of this. And if he can bring enough scientists around to create the greatest graphene, like if we can make the greatest graphene production facility on Earth in the United States, I have an idea. Why don't we get when when Donald Trump, Devin Nunes, and myself do a Tim cast live from uh, one of his properties. We have it sponsored by Graphene, and we put it on Truth Social, and then everybody wins. Yeah. There you go. We'll find a company that makes it. Yeah, Actually, we need to start something in the United States that builds it. You know, check this out. I bought stock. I bought stock in a company that makes Graphene because Ian wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> and it's like one of my only stocks that's still up despite nice. like the market. In 2029, we're going to see peak implementation of this stuff. You're going to wow. start. To, but the problem is the copper industry. It doesn't want to lose their wiring. Big monopoly. copper. Um, so that's going to be a challenge <laughs> to disrupt the copper industry, but we'll be able to repurpose the copper, I think. You can deposit carbon dioxide, I believe, onto copper and create graphene out of it. You can actually you pull know carbon be, dioxide out of the air and turn it into graphene. You know what would be this funny? This guy is like dialed in. He is. Yeah. You know what would be really funny? It's like we do a show with Trump, and then Ian starts going off on graphene, and then Trump just gets zoned in and he's like, tell me more. And then just like all of a sudden Trump's doing pressers, he's speaking, and he's running for office, and he's just all about graphene. graphene. The yeah. future, the new manufacturing, the new steel, we're going to bring all these jobs. Ian is sitting there, you know, just he retires because he knows he's done everything he's can, he, everything he needs to do. It's yeah. nothing we'll left. We'll be able to pull carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere to kind of balance out the, the carbon emission type thing. But we're going to have to be careful that we don't pull too much out too fast and set up an industry that sucks it all out because we'll begin competing with trees. We are going to name you the ambassador for graphene. Let's How's do that? it, baby. <laughs> we can help a lot of people. We're a graphene czar, if you prefer. We can build a space elevator. It's better than the disinformation czar. We're 2020, just call me Ian. 2024. <laughs> the, the, the votes come in. Ian gets on the phone and says, I want that position as graphene czar. I was promised. <laughs> yeah. Give me the graphene. I just want to go to space. Graphene ballots. Graphene yeah. ballots. Dude, we can build watermarks. Well, so the original space. idea was like, what I wanted to bring up with Truth Social yeah, was that it's, it's allowing people to maintain their conversations. Mm-hmm. Twitter was trying to silence people. YouTube's trying to silence people. They're trying to control the narrative to a degree where I was talking to this guy. We might have, I think we're playing on having the show. His name is Mike Benz. Yeah. And uh, he was explaining how the goal of like sec- national security uh, officers and things like this and, and big tech is to censor just enough so you can make your opponents polit- politically ineffective but mm-hmm. not silenced because they know that if you s- censor people, you get ba- you get a backlash. So they want just a little bit, just enough to where they get a head start in the race. Truth Social is basically cutting that off. People are able to go back on and follow Trump once again. And, and people are posting and sharing what he says. And I'm seeing journalists. When Trump retruthed the words civil war, mainstream press was forced to talk about it. And that puts Truth Social front and center. And the more he does that, the more they're forced to talk about it. And that's why he's never going back to Twitter. I mean, that and the fact that he owns the company. But people keep asking me that. And I'm like, no, he's not going back on any other platform. He doesn't want back on YouTube or Twitter. Or, I don't even know what the other ones are called. But... His, this is going to be it. It's either, you know, and I think it's going to succeed. And if you look at the bots, we were talking about this, Ian and I before, right? Elon, well, what Elon has done is basically proven 
the concept that Devin and I proved on the side of Russiagate. Is Twitter su- suppressing free speech and are there bots? The answer to both of those questions was affirmative, for sure. Elon has finally put those facts out for the mainstream media and forced them to take them on. Up to 50% bots, that's a lot. And also the freedom of speech suppression. We can't get that kind of campaign out. But he's proven that. And now they have to address it. Now they hate him for it. And now the fact that he said he's voting Republican, I think they've, they're going to come after him pretty hard. But if you can build a company on Truth Social that has 15 million, 20 million people you know, by the end of the year or something like that, that's a company that's legit half as big as Twitter. How many users do you know? How many users on Truth Social? I, I know that I think uh, President Trump has like f- four million, yeah, or something like that. So just mm. do some math. Maybe there's four to seven on there right now. I bet everybody's following Trump. Yeah. So he's got three point one million followers. Okay. And then Android. But the coming engagement in is massive. No, it's it's, it's massive. Take a look at, at the New York Times on Twitter. Nobody nobody retweets. Mm, yeah. So I can I can certainly say like I never. Uh, uh, like tweet at the New York Times there's no conversation there so when people are like no one's responding to them I'm like yeah who cares but nobody's even retweeting their stories because I do retweet stories when I see a big story I'll be like oh you know you know. Yeah. I basically retweet so that I can come back later and look through the stories that I was seeing but I, people don't even do that for the New York I Times just put out a, I just put out a truth on the car ride over here for, for my handle at cash for your I was saying I was coming on Tim, on Timcast thousands of people in the car ride on the way over were responding to that, like mm-hmm. physically yep. writing and responding and retruthing and reposting that I was doing the show. And, and there was, and there was conversations from both sides. Oh, I hate you, Cash. I love Tim. I hate Tim. <laughs> Actually, Cash sucks. And so that's what you want. That's the whole point. Yeah. And it's human beings engaging on truth. And it's fun. And the, and the fun, the funnest part is these things called pinata farms. I don't know if you guys have seen these, but they take real life movies and they stick your heads on them. <laughs> so there's one of like me and Trump perp walking Hillary Clinton out of a, out of a detention center. <laughs> and it's just it's built so, into the platform? Well, they, there's a, yeah, the, the, this company has just built it into this thing and it's now it's all over the place and it's for mm. anything and everything. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like the beginning of deep fakes. They're gonna, people are gonna. But you can't, you can tell. It's like a joke. Yeah, it's like no. an oversized head on like a smaller body. Oh, tr- okay. Truth social like is jab. like. Jib jab, yeah. Yeah. Or the reface app. Yeah. Kofifi is trending. Mm, of course. <laughs> you know, I, just, I just think truth is the perfect, like, it's so Trumpian. Mm. Calling it truth. Yeah, truth is subjective. Like, what one person believes is true, another person might see differently and think that it's not true, but we're both looking at the same thing. Well, it's kind of an evolution too. We had the fake news, and now we have truth. It's like dark to light. It's the yin and the yang. I love that how they tried using fake news against Trump, and then <laughs> Trump turned it around against them. And it was brilliant. There. You are fake news. Yeah, it was part That's of a, it was part of the counter intel operation we ran for the last five years. I wanted Joe Biden to go and spend a half a million dollars coming up with ultra mega. <laughs> then I was gonna then I was gonna have President Trump release my book on Truth Social: The Plot Against the King the very next day. And we've yeah. had the most successful book launch um, in, in. I can't believe yeah. they did the ultra maga thing. It's just it's they 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 said that the data shows middle middle America like like suburban you know people don't like maga, and so that's why they're going for it. But what they never understood, they, it just shows they never understood the maga people, the Trump supporters, the right. Trump got memed into office. People were posting jokes. They were having a laugh. They're having a good time. The picture you ever, you ever see that picture where Trump is on a tank. It's like a golden tank or something. He's like standing. He's like an eagle flying. It's all funny. It's just like supposed to be crazy. Or Trump's face as Rocky Balboa, like ripped body and everything. And they think it's real. They're was, like, these Trump people are in a cult. No, they're joking. I was picturing him coming out on stage, Donald, and being like, ultra MAGA. And then like the fireworks shoot out behind him. But people would love it. But then I think the media, like Rachel Maddow would get afraid because they'd be like, oh, it's ultra MAGA is real. Like, 
I don't know because I want to have fun with it. It's hilarious. The Ultra MAGA King. Hey, you know why I don't read the New York Times and why I don't repost New York Times is because I got to pay money to read their articles. Whenever I go to a New York Times article, I can't get past the first paragraph, so I just give up on it and move on. I don't read it because I'm suing them for defamation. Oh, oh good. But there you go. What did they say? Uh, they, them, Politico, and a CNN called me Trump's Ukraine whisperer <laughs> and injected me into an impeachment fiasco. Oh, God. And I said, okay, what's that based on? Like, was there a meeting? Do you have a witness? And if you remember that clown Fiona Hill came in and said, oh, Cash Patel, Ukraine whisperer. And then under oath in front of the world during the impeachment trial, Fiona Hill goes, well, I've never met Cash. Ugh. We've never spoken. And I don't really know him. Well, then how am I the the guy? So I'm suing them all. That's what Fight with Cash is all about. Like, that's my attempt to fix the media is we're raising money. We're actually suing on behalf of other American citizens who've been defamed. We cut the check for their lawyers. We've That's just been cool. talking about this all week. Like you need, we need to take cases that may not win just because it's the doing. right thing to do. You, you got to sue Wikipedia. No, no, I'm on it. We talked about this, and it's, you are. It's the next one. It's the next one. Oh, okay. Oh so I don't. Have you heard what I was saying about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past few episodes, specifically. No, I remember our conversation about it. So, so I was talking. I was talking to a lawyer recently. And they were like, you can't sue Wikipedia. They're protected by Section 230. You can maybe sue the editors who made the statements. And I'm mm. like, let's, let's, let's think about this for a second. Wikipedia, actually, uh, do I have this? I have National Firearms Act pulled up. We'll just use this as an example. It says, from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. That's a byline. They've, they've asserted it is from them and no one else. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how Wikipedia works. If you write on Wikipedia, Cash Patel is a lawyer. That's true, right? Mm-hmm. Or was a lawyer? How, yeah, is was. Or, I was. guess still technically, but haven't done anything with it. Uh, is a lawyer. Yeah. That's a fact statement. What if someone then goes in and edits and changes lawyer to dog kicker? Mm-hmm. No one called you a dog kicker. The person who wrote the first sentence called you a lawyer, so you can't sue him. Mm-hmm. The person who wrote the single hyphenated word dog kicker never said Cash Patel is. He just wrote one word. Well, you can't sue him, can you? He didn't say anything. The first guy didn't say anything, and Wikipedia asserts protection under Section 230. That can't make sense. No, it doesn't, and that's why – so that's literally what FightWithCash.com is doing. Our, we, I have a Wikipedia page that is literally 50 percent false. And so my lawyers got together and were like, no, we can actually take them on, and they found a way to do this. And once we go public, I'll tell you how, we, how we're going to do it. But the whole point is not for me to start suing. The whole point is to get everybody else to start suing. And we've created lawsuits for other Americans who have been defamed by – crazy outlets, things like Wikipedia and whatnot, and we're gonna keep we're just gonna keep hammering it. That's that's the whole point. And that's my attempt to fix the media. I don't know if it's gonna work. Is it like class action suits or is no. it an actual bunch of different individuals? Every suits? individual. Anywhere can go to the website and literally be like, here's my case summary, we'll look at it for free. If there's a cause of action, we're gonna march into court and give you a check. So they go to fightwithcash.com mm-hmm. and then sign up to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it doesn't cost them anything. I mean, if they know rich donors, we always take those. But, um, but we, I, I personally review every single message that comes in. Is it a five hundred one c three? Yeah. Oh, cool. you know what I'm mostly mad about is that uh, Wikipedia for a long time claimed I invented a live streaming Zeppelin. That would be cool. Which I didn't do. And when I went Yet. there and wrote, "Hey, this is not true. Like, remove this," they said, "You cannot be a source to this article because you are Tim Pool and you are biased. So we're leaving in that you invented a Zeppelin." And I got mad. After a few years, they got rid of it. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. And so then we built a live streaming Zeppelin, put it up in the air with a Let's Go Brandon flag on it. And then I said, you know, I I didn't go to Wikipedia, but I say to the world, okay, now that it's true, put it back. I have retroactively made that true. And they won't do it. Really? Yeah, they they won't put it back. 
They like it's like locked. Uh, Art imitates life. Well, I don't know where the original source that it's like. It's funny that it can it can sit there for years, and now I actually did it. We flew this. We got like a ton of views when we did it too. So it was like you know hundreds of thousands of people saw it. Come on, we did it. Take the video, use it as a source, and say Tim did make a live streaming Zeppelin. Come on. I don't. I don't like Wikipedia. I used to no, be a I big fan. Him. I like the concept. Yeah. It just doesn't. It's too like easy to game. It feels like right now. It's too it's easy. Kind of fake news. I tried to yep. explain Hillary's emails, for instance, on Wikipedia. I was like, I'll make an edit so that I can tell people about Sydney's, you know, Osprey Global Solutions and Osprey Global Solutions. And after I did it, within like eight seconds, it was removed. Oh. I was like, well, but that was true information, and now it was removed. It's because who, who controls content on Wikipedia? Aren't there only a handful of editors on any page? Anybody can edit, but you can earn privileges. So some people have more power than others. When you go to high-profile accounts, there's going to be a firm that has editor access that's going to control. You so what do you got to do to earn that access? Lie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably I – don't, I don't know how Wikipedia works with it. I think it's like a certain amount of time and edits made earns you more and more status or whatever. Mm. Yep. A lot of fake news, a lot of lies, and it's because the people who dedicate their time to that, for the most part, there's some good editors and there are a lot of bad editors. And it is companies that are paid, and there's going to be a tendency towards establishment if that's the case. Let's go to Super Chats. My friends, if you have not already, would you kindly smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the video with all of your friends, and head over to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a members-only show coming up at 11 p.m. or so. Let's read what we got here. Woot do for you, says each of the cops should be charged with malice murder of a minor. Uh, AC Yor says this is murder. Wow. Roberto Lara says the police and politicians keep proving... Michael Malice Wright. Wow, that one's brutal. Yeah, Michael Malice's quote, I, I'm not going to get it right, but he basically said, what, what is it? Can you can you say it? Do you know it? I don't know it right offhand. It's like there is no law so obscene that a police officer would not enforce it up and in, including executing children or something like that. Yeah. Up to and including, yeah, I like yeah. the way they phrase that. It's bad. Well, yeah, true. Right, just following orders. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, the cops you would think would be like, this is just wrong. This is wrong. We need to disobey these orders and go in there and, and seize. I mean, if it was war, they would. They went in for their kids. They're like, I don't care what the, my orders are. My kid's in there. Uh-huh. All right. Murph tries says, Cash, are you still going to be doing Flannel Friday during the summer months? <laughs> so you know what that's from, right? This is hilarious. No, On Truth it? Social, there's a Q account. Um, whether or not it's the real cue, I'm not going to get into. But well, me and said person were uh, running around South Florida, and we took a picture of my sleeve and a beer in front of it. And I, we posted a truth that said, "Having a, at cash, having a beer with Q. And it turned into Flannel Fridays because I was having this beer, and I was wearing a flannel shirt. And now it's this massive thing on, oh. on, online. Now the memes have gotten out of control. But, yeah, we can do Flannel Fridays for you. Memes are good. Yeah. Flannel's nice. It's comfy. Yeah. Need a one for Friday. James296 says, just a correction for yesterday's video. Red Velvet does not not have a specific flavor, but it is a process to make a cake have a velvet texture upon eating. Nice. The red is just the food coloring. Awesome. Huh. So nobody knows. It's vanilla and chocolate or... Well, if it is uh, the texture, then putting it into an ice cream would completely remove the whole component Mm. of the cake. Oh, good point. I need to look I into I, this. I just don't like they put all that food color yes, in there. Yes, it's gross. gross. Why don't we call it blue velvet? Yeah, you got to use like Ooh, beet juice purple. or something to make it red. Yeah, that'd be better. Yeah, yeah. Beet juice is sweet too, isn't it? Yeah. Russell Smedjkull says, hey, Donald Trump, thanks for watching. Hope to see you. That's thanks, right. Tom. That's I'm right. Sure, I'm sure totally Trump watching. is watching right now. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, he's probably, probably watching t- Tucker or something. Is Tucker on right now? Mm, uh, nine yeah. o'clock, Sean. Yeah. Hannity. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Corey Cole says, in the case of civil war, how do you think we would be mobilized? Would some sort of conservative leader arise, or would we just be fighting against a sort of government campaign to take rural areas? Curious your thoughts. I think it, it, it the, the, the structure of this country makes it so that it's very much going to be like, it, it very much will uh, likely be as the first civil war was, states just being like yes or no. But if you look at any other civil war, it's just disparate factions fighting in the streets. It'll be you in your house when all of a sudden someone shows up and you're like, I don't know who that is. And maybe it'll be like you'll see an Antifa flag or something or some a variety of leftist flags and you might just be like, okay, they're not my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no idea. Um, we mentioned how Robert Reich said that the states, were, there's going to be a peaceful divorce effectively because of abortion issues. And I'm like, yeah, that is what starts civil war. When a bunch of states are like, we're going to go our own way. And then one group says, but we get those weapons. The other side says, no, you don't. And then they fight for them and then fight for everything. That's how it happens, man. Placid Saint says the shooter had a $2,000 rifle with a $700 EOTech optic. Daniel Defense rifles and parts are top tier gear stuff that I use for my Gucci SBR rifle. Where did this kid get all that money from? Yeah. Somebody hooked him up. He said they used to bully him for his family being poor, and then he has this ridiculous equipment. I don't know. Really weird. Somebody hooked him up. That's creepy. Yeah. All right. Yeah, J.K. Ermit Riley says, Tim, to be fair, there is a good reason to prevent emotionally armed people from storming a school with innocence. Crossfire friendly fire. J. Kermit. It's a good point. I agree with that. You know. Yeah, I agree with that. Too. But why didn't the police go in? But that's, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the argument. If she was able to go in, why didn't the police themselves just go in and do what they needed to do to handle business? Regarding where that kid got his weaponry, last night I was thinking about false flags and getting countries to go to war for something that didn't actually happen. Not that last that shooting was a false flag, but that we should be on guard for something like that in the coming years. Because if they really want to mobilize, mobilize us into some European conflict or Taiwanese conflict or whatever, and they, they you see the, the amount, like, the Gulf of Tonkin, for instance, the amount of the amount of destruction that people are willing to wreak in order to get people to support a war, more destruction. So be on guard for that kind of thing and don't jump to conclusions. Yeah, Russia and China are masters at it. They do this yeah. all the time, psyops, all day long. And if you don't look out for them, which has to be a priority of an administration to catch and suss through that, then we're we're going to be more vulnerable. All right, man. Let's. Uh Let's read some more. Bobcat says, would you kindly tell us who is John Galt? Also, A doesn't really exist. All we have are long lists of if-else statements. To be AI, it has to understand the concept of maybe. How do you make maybe? Quantum computing, when it can be a one and a zero at the same moment. Interesting. Sanity Clause says, stop sending your children to these indoctrination camps. No more school shootings, no more indoctrination. It's a twofer. Forget defund the police, defund public schools. Mm-hmm. So on like, like 2 a.m. on the 25th, I tweeted homeschool your kids, which was not a reference to anything at all. It was just like homeschool your kids because I, I, I've tweeted it before. I say it on the show. The Independent took that and said it was an argument to stop school shootings. And I was like, I never said anything about school shootings. That's why I said homeschool your kids. Civil War. <laughs> yeah. I, I posted – there's a story about a Norwegian guy who took a bow and arrow and started shooting people with it. So I posted the story, just a screenshot of it. I said nothing. I made no argument. And people were like, this argument is dumb, Tim. What you don't understand is – and I was like, bro, I didn't make an argument. I just posted a news story, man. Calm down. 
people are crazy. They, they people are live in this bubble world. Mm-hmm. And this is literally the meme where it's like you can say on Twitter, I like pancakes. And they'll be like, why do you hate waffles? And you're like, I, I didn't say anything about waffles, man. I, I like waffles too. Dude, calm down. All right. Gavin Deeth says kindergarten cop reboot. Liberal teacher pew pews little Timmy for anti-trans statement. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Some people, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't think, I, I don't know if giving teachers guns to try and solve the problem solves the problem. But I think people should have guns, which would mean teachers would have guns. Yeah, I thought, Adrian, you made a good point that if they want to and they're trained in it, then they probably uh-huh. should have access to it. I mean, are you making the argument that the situation this week would have turned out – wouldn't have turned out differently had that teacher in that room been armed? No, no. I'm saying uh, as a direct solution, like walking up to a teacher and being like, here's a gun. Like, get ready to use it. I don't think – is 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 a solution? I think. But if a teacher has a background and they go through training and they say, I, "I would like to carry," and there is a student who comes in with a weapon and attempts a mass shooting in that teacher's classroom, no, I agree with you. Are, are they going to be better or worse off if the teacher's they're gonna, armed? They're going to be better off with teacher armed. What I'm saying is, to approach the situation right now, like look at this problem we're facing. The solution is give a teacher a gun. I'm like, no, no, no. The, the, the solution to the problem is figuring out our cultural issues. Teachers should be armed, mm-hmm. and it would end these situations. But you still have the problem of someone storming into a school with a weapon. Yeah, it wouldn't stop them from happening. It might be able to stop them from resolving the way that it did. Yeah. But, well, two but, things can be true at the same time, though. I think, I think it could deter certain actions, but I think there's also a, a, adaptivity. You'll just get someone who will conceal their actions or, or target teachers first. I think teachers should be armed. I think regular people should be armed. I think the two, two-way exists for a reason. I think the solution is cultural. Yeah. I think if teachers are armed, they're better off. I think the solution is, is it some kind of cultural assessment. Like we mentioned, drugs and social media addictions and manipulation. I think mostly the drugs, to be honest. I think that stuff's warping kids' minds. That and weird groomers on the internet, that's true, too. All right, Matthew Reckamp says, To quote Steven Crowder, What do you think would be more effective at stopping a school shooter? A sign with a picture of a gun with a line over it or a turret? A turret. Well, hold on. Hold on. Definitely. In some circumstances, you could beat the guy with the sign. Yeah, true. All right. That's actually a – man, you know, you can't do those kind of jokes on YouTube. Hmm. But I think, you know, I'm I'm into the dark comedy where it's like – Racist. Racist. No, no, no. Just like stopping a school shooting by someone taking a a gun-free zone sign and beating the perpetrator with it to stop him. So it's funny. like, what do I do? It's like, this will work. It just got turned into a cartoon. Then it'll be totally acceptable. Yeah, Seamus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know if Seamus want to do that. That one's a little too dark. All right. Dakota Dad says, you're going to need an army to stop me from getting my kids. I will stop at absolutely nothing That's and right. run through. I don't care who to make uh, – I don't care who to make sure they're okay. That's right. You see that video of the guy running into the burning building to save his dog? Yeah. No. You know, this is crazy. The, this, the fire's in. Have you guys ever been next to a burning building? It's no, actually. It's no. hot. It's hot. It's, and that's an understatement. People don't get this. Yeah. Because you see a fire. You've maybe been around a campfire, and you're thinking, like, oh, okay. You can't. So when I was in Ferguson, and they, they burned all those buildings on West Florissant, driving in the car, in the car with, with, with the air on and everything, when you drive past these buildings that are maybe even 50 to 100 feet away, it feels like there's a campfire right in front of your face. That's the the heat is so intense. Mm-hmm. So when you walk up, to, it's it's unbearable to even walk up to the building. This dude runs in to get his dog into the firefighters. Are like, dude, what? He comes out, his legs are like burned up. Love it. Yeah, he's not going to leave his dog in there, man. Now imagine what's going to be like if your kids 
are in a building with oh. the shooter. This guy, his dad got tasered. I, I, dude. Worth it. Crazy, man. All right. Salty Duckling says, Cash, since you've got 45's number, please push him to abolish the ATF when he wins in 24. That's, it's a thought. We'll think about it. It's just another federal agency doing work that other federal agencies already do. It's an overcorrection. I made a tweet, and I trolled mostly, I guess, mostly conservatives. And it was funny. The, the gun people liked it. I said, let me, let me just see. I'll, I'll just read what I said. I said, did you know the National Firearms Act codified a path to owning silencers and automatic rifles? What? Repeal the NFA now. Spineless GOP won't do it. Call your member of Congress and tell them repeal the NFA now. Is that true? And a whole, all of that is true. Amazing. Spineless GOP won't repeal the NFA. That's true. That's true. It did codify a path to owning silencers and automatic rifles, restricting access to them, but still codifying a path to get it. <laughs> and like, it was funny because the gun people, uh, my favorite response was, dude, if this works, like all the liberals being like, yeah, repeal the NFA. But a bunch of conservatives were like, you're wrong on this one, Tim. Also, it's not called a silencer. It's a suppressor. And I'm just like, uh, whoosh. Uh, yeah, you're, you're missing everything. <laughs> right fans. over their heads. Right over their heads. So let's let's uh, read some more Super Chats. They got your back. All right. Let's grab some more. Andy Welsh says, check out the magic card for Oubliette. It's yeah. perfect. Is that how you pronounce it? Was it? Yeah, Oubliette. Oubliette. MTG. It's a dungeon. It's like a, a skeleton. What does it cage. do? Remove remove a creature from the game. From the game until the oubliettes removed from play. I oh, believe. Okay. Uh, it's an old card from Arabian Nights. Let me see if I can really? pull it up. Yeah, I believe it's. They've a, remade yeah, that card Arabian so many Nights. times. When Oubliette enters the battlefield, target creature phases out until Oubliette leaves the battlefield. Oh, you know, yo, Ian, I gotta tell you a funny story. Ian. So this guy, I was tweeting right, and this guy's tweeting at me, like telling me I'm wrong and all this stuff about politics. And then it turns out in his profile he plays magic. <laughs> so I so I tweeted at him, my Kiki Jiki deck would obliterate you. And he said, Doubt. Can you oh, believe it? That's love. Doubt? No, no way. Kiki Jiki deck would obliterate that's you. And it's right. not your fault. <laughs> the deck is OP. It's busted. Half, like 99% of people are like, we have no it's idea what fast. they just said. Yeah, yeah, we're, just we're talking about a strategy card game. Familiar. And I'm making a joke. There you go. Let's read some more super chats. It was funny because it was true. <laughs> it's funny because someone thought they could beat my commander deck. No, it was pretty bad. Never gonna happen. Yeah. It is. It is a. It is a crazy deck. All right, Kalashnikov. Kalashnikov. What is that? Nice. Kalashnikov. I'm a god fearing conservative, but if you gave me a thin blue line flag and a pride flag, a box of matches and a cup of gasoline, the thin blue line is getting torched first. Huh. Whoa. Mood. First, though, remember that video where they were throwing the flag on the ground and stomping on it? People are not happy, man. All right. Ben Hickson says, if Americans give up their guns, then they will have unarmed protesters being shot with rubber bullets by a war memorial after being in lockdown for over 200 days. Watch Battleground Melbourne on YouTube for the recount. Wow. So I tweeted, I'm going to buy more guns. And then someone responded. They were like, as an Australian, I'm curious, why do you need more guns? And someone responded, so that we don't get sent to quarantine camps when we get a sickness with a 99.8% survival rate or something like that. And then people started quoting it and posting it. William Andrews says, live in Maryland with my anti-gun wife who found my rifle and armor. I said, if bad guys have this, then I will too. Think of our kids. Went pretty well. That's fair. Nice. That's fair. Oh, yeah. John Esch says, my sister is a socialist and she's arguing with me about guns and taxes. I'm a libertarian believing in individual responsibility and personal responsibility. Please say why gun laws don't work. So most of the leftists, including socialists, are pro-gun. 
There is the, the Socialist Rifle Association is a leftist pro-gun organization. If you are claiming to be a leftist and you are not, you are anti-gun, you are not a leftist because Karl Marx said, under no pretext, That's right. should the workers surrender arms and ammunition, all efforts should be, I'm, I'm paraphrasing next, I don't know full quote, should be frustrated by force if necessary. That's Karl Marx. I agree. Fully. Agree. Do not give up your weapons. So you should definitely look at that quote from Karl Marx because he said it outright. Gun laws don't work for several reasons. In Maryland, they, uh, they've banned the M1A, for instance. They have not banned the SCAR 20S. Okay, the Star 20S is a modern 308, and the M1A is a much older model. It's like, it, it makes no sense why they would do that. They've, uh, w- when people come out and say things like ban the AR 15, it's like, okay, well, have you ever watched Slugfest KSG 25 with mini, mini, mini shells or whatever, and they have like 41 shells in this pump action shotgun? These people don't know what they're talking about. You'd have to outright ban all guns, and then you have to contend with 3D printed guns, which can be fully plastic except for the firing pin. And I'm probably wrong about that too, because they've probably got advancements at this point that I don't even know about. Mm-hmm. So people can buy a 3D printer for 300 bucks, buy some materials, and just print a gun. Yeah. What are you going to ban? It's not working. Guns exist. In, in the Netherlands, in Europe, they have a 3D printed gun issue where people are just printing them. Good luck. They got a grenade problem in Sweden. From the, um, the, 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 I can't remember. There was a, what was it? Um, the Balkan, the, uh, I don't know. They have grenades. Right. It was like an organization? No, no, no. There was a, a the, war. Yeah, it was the, the Balkan Wars or whatever. Eastern European Something war. like that. There's, yeah. there's grenades all over the okay. place. They, those are illegal. Murder is illegal. Yeah. People still doing it. That's crazy. Criminals don't respect the law. That's also crazy. Why? That's, that's, that's wrong. They should, that's they should, they, they, they should criminals. make it illegal. Yeah. 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 They should make murder illegal. Maybe that'll stop it. Being criminal <laughs> illegal. All right. The Great Treasures says, long-time listener, first-time caller. When you get President Trump on, you should definitely record the entire show for your website. So when YouTube inevitably, inevitably deletes it, we can still see it. We love you in Wisconsin. That is the plan, as always. And um, I don't know. Maybe we do it on Rumble or something. Yeah, probably. That'll, that'll If YouTube does do not it. want our business, I, I, I respect their decision. And it'll be our biggest show ever. But if YouTube wants to say to us, like, look, if YouTube comes to me and says, look, we don't want you to interview Trump and have a massive show, then I'll say, hey, no problem, guys. We'll do it on Rumble. That's cool. That's why it's so important to have these alternatives. That's why we use Rumble infrastructure for our website so that we can make sure YouTube knows, hey, no, no, no problem, no beef. We'll go use the other platform where they'll get all the traffic and the views and make all the money. That's cool. You're you, you, you guys, if you don't want to be culturally relevant, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Charles Kinsey says, hey, Tim, how do you feel about making a commercial with veterans and ex-cops asking the parents to let us protect our children and precious our and precious resource? I don't know. I guess I feel neutrally about it. I'm not sure what, what, what the intent is or, you know, seems sounds cool. Maybe. Carl Ashby says, Tim, check out the shooting in Charleston, West Virginia last night. Armed party goer shoots and kills active shooter. No one else harmed. Wow. Mm. In Charleston? That's, that's not that far away. It's decently far away from us, but, you know, relatively close. Crazy. Did you look it up? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I haven't seen anything yet. Uh, this is why you don't mess around in West Virginia. It's a constitutional carry state, which yep. <laughs> the crazy thing is Texas is now, too. But 
Maybe Texas hasn't been constitutional carry long enough. Looks like shooting victim pulled an assault rifle at a party, and that an one assault, is... Whoa, 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 whoa. That's what it says from MSN.com. Yeah, it's... What is that? Assault rifle. What it is means, it? A 50 BMG at a party? No, no. Could, so. he, could, he could have an M16, you know, an NFA yeah, who knows select fire rifle. That was the headline. The vague headline. And then uh, one has been detained hmm. from that. Woman stops gunman at party. So maybe it's a girl. Brad Matsuzak. Maduzak says, can you get Steve Kerr on and dunk on him, please? <laughs> Steve, you recently came out and said you want the, 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 the uh, Congress to pass H.R. 8 to create background checks. We already have background yeah. checks, dude. Have you bought it, So guys? unless you are talking about reforming like Cash did, just being like, why don't they pass background checks? Because we already did. Oh, it's so frustrating. Every time I go and I got to fill out that stupid form it's a pain. because these people have no idea what they're talking about. I love it. When I went to the March for Our Lives, there were people saying things like ban fully automatic weapons. And I was like, so I would ask them, I'm like, so you, you do know that for the most part, they have been like, you can't get a new one and you need special privileges. I'm like, oh, really? And I'm like, do you know what you're protesting? No. I met one guy who knew what he was protesting. And we had a good conversation about it. I was like, oh, okay, well, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's got bad opinions. I don't know. I don't like his opinions. He's got them, but at least he was informed. But almost all of them were saying, holding up signs that were like meaningless. Where? They were like, we want background checks now. And I'm like, Ugh. Well, then they talk about the gun show loophole, but I'm like, have you ever been to a gun show and tried to get so. a firearm? Like every, every uh, seller has a little kiosk set up where they still run you through the next system even at a gun show. Yep. It's a loophole. What they're talking about is that in West Virginia, you can sell to a family member. And then you, you assume responsibility if they have certain issues or you assume liability. So if, you know, Cletus wants to sell a rifle to Billy Joe up in the mountains in, you know, five hours from civilization because there's a bear problem or something. No, no, no. They've got, they've got to drive to an FFL in a major city and then do the transfer there. So that's what they're talking about. I, I, I don't think that's what they're talking about. That's not a good faith argument. That makes no sense. They just don't know that we already have the Nix system. There you go. American Gun Chick says, Cash's solution of using social media posts to determine someone's eligibility for their Second Amendment rights sounds like the start to a social credit score. That's a hard no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're not buying a book. She should buy the well, book they didn't anyway. didn't say that. The plot against the king. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with that person. That was what I was just thinking about is pre-thought, pre-crime, mm. that whole thing of like, yeah. did you think a violent thought when you were nine? Well, let's check the records of the neural net. Yes, you're no longer access to stepping outside on Thursdays. Like, come on. I mean, then you're going to get some like creepy fast. old guy who's going to be like, do you hear that? Yeah. I do not hear the pitter-patter of little feet. No. Because no. the precogs can't see a thing. You know that? You know no. Minority, minority, minority yeah. Report. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like mean, that movie. It's, it's cool. But yeah, yeah they, that reform, you know, has to happen on both sides in order to work. Not just on the screener side, but the people implementing it in the government side have to be trained on how to do that the right way and not put Tim Pool on a waiting list because he's Tim Pool. I yeah. like, you know, in that movie Minority Report, I like the idea of pre-crime. I don't like how they executed it. If somebody was going to commit a murder in that movie, you get life in prison, basically. They put you in this thing, and they put you in a tube or whatever. It's like, dude, if someone's going to commit a crime, you stop it and then say, we can tell if you're going to do it again. And then they won't. Mo in the movie, most of it was passion, people losing their cool, and there was almost no pre premeditated murder because they had precogs, psychics, who could basically see if you were going to commit a murder. But then they would come in and like tag you and then drag you away and be like, you're done, even if you didn't commit a crime. It's like, if you can dispatch a crew to stop the murder from happening, congratulations. Now it's like, 
it was a passion murder, we can don't do it. And if the person is going to do it again, you can see it and you can prevent it. So like, anyway, good movie though. Good movie. Let's grab some more super chats. Vic says, not many people talk about the specificity of the profile of a school shooter, absent father, childhood trauma, social isolation, and pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah. Yep. That's conversation number one. Fatherlessness. Matt Walsh had a whole thread about it. Yeah. Fatherlessness? Uh, well, just the profile of a, oh, a wow. school shooter. I think he was pretty much on target. Wow. So it seems to be the case, huh? Yeah. So Matt Walsh interviewed uh, David Hogg. Did you say Matt Walsh interviewed him? Did I say Matt Walsh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who did I? I? I didn't mean Matt Walsh. I meant uh, the other guy. Because in a video you said Matt Walsh, he's a corporate shell. And someone was like, why is Tim calling Matt Walsh a oh, corporate yeah, shell? Oh, yeah, I was confused. Oh, man, I've, I am so sorry, right? Matt. I did not mean that about you. I was talking about the other guy. What's Which, his name? Uh, I can't remember I want to see the interview. Why did I say Matt Walsh? Matt, I'm sorry, dude. I'm so sorry. Matt. I did not mean that. Matt Walsh, you corporate just kidding. <laughs> no, it's that, it's that other guy who was a Republican but then hated Donald Trump. Matt and, something? I don't know. Maybe mm. I said Matt Walsh. Yeah. Joe, Joe Walsh? Joe, Joe Walsh. Walsh. Joe Walsh. Not from the Eagles. Oh, no. Matt, I owe you uh, a, a beer Let's or fly something. Let's yeah. Matt, you got to come on the show. Yeah, you gotta we'll fly back. out. Going right. back to Nashville. I said that here, too. Nobody corrected me. Well, I, I mean, thought it was real, is, but I'm yeah. glad I brought it up. No, if you were like, oh, Matt Walsh. And I was like, I was like, wait, I guess Matt did. I looked it up, too, and I was like, what? I just, it's you know what it is? It's that Matt Walsh is so much more relevant than Joe is. I know, right? I was like, there's another I just couldn't think of a guy who didn't matter. No, I sincerely apologize for saying that, man. I did not mean that. I should. I got to put a correction on that video. I did not mean that. Got to figure out which one that was. All right. Coldilocks Production says, Tim, if you want a gun law expert on, talk to the armed scholar who was educated in laws and discusses laws and lawsuits around gun rights. He'd love to come on the show. Well, let's take a look into him. We'll, we will write down his name, armed scholar. Got it. We're going to have to fly out MASH. Uh, yeah. Now I call them MASH. MASH. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just making up names. Making up names. <laughs> I must be too tired. Uh, now it's because I was – I'm now I'm mixing Matt with Cash and it's now – It's all I'm going sideways. Walt. MASH Walt. <laughs> I'm, I, I pulled the Biden. Game over. You did it. Pulled the Biden. You'll be the next president. You know, next time Biden gaffes, I'm going to have to be like, well, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Joe. <laughs> Joe Biden or Joe Walsh. Oh, yeah, both. All right. Why is this YouTube freezing on me? Ben Sprink says the force of law cannot be used on a citizen unless they do something illegal. This has to change for a mentally ill person. When it is known that a person is mentally ill, they should be separated from society and given help. Gun laws are useless. Yeah, but define mentally ill and, and what kind of mentally ill? That's that's tough, man. Right? Yeah. Everyone's saying Tim is Joe Biden. I admit it. I, I got. I can never criticize the man again. Next time he says something like Trinidad Shabbat of Pressure, I'm just going to be like, well, you know. Matt Walsh was right. Matt Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is this? Uh, Iggy the Incubus says, Tim and crew, what advice do you have for smaller creators who have an interest in discussing these topics so that we can make more avenues and wheelhouses for honest, good faith discussions? Use Rumble. Yeah, uh, new networks. And Truth Social. And Truth. You get yeah. in early on these new networks and you can meet a lot of cool people Rumble. fast. Truth Social is powered by Rumble. That's, oh, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. Yep. There you go. There you go, man. All right. Kevin Clark says, if you defended anyone who rioted, you don't get a say on gun control. If people who don't understand guns can pass legislation on guns, men can do the same for abortion. Y'all keep up the good work. There you go, man. Patricia Swisher says, 13 states allow non-citizens to vote. Look it up. Yeah. How, how do we not get ripped apart if 
you've got states that allow non-citizens to vote. Yo, I don't know, man. All right, we can grab a couple more. We got so many. All right, Carpe Donctum says, thanks for saying it, Tim, for saying which one? I'm not sure. Matt Trevor, Walsh. Oh, no. <laughs> Matt Walsh thing. Trevor Ritzke says, speaking of Magic the Gathering, have you seen how the game is so complex you can literally make a Turing com- complete computer? Can you do that? Really? I'm wondering if like I didn't see what was going on because in my video I said Matt Walsh instead of Joe Walsh. And then a bunch of people probably sent it to him and he was probably like, what? I'm sure he's like, what is going on right now? I'm doing like, my who? best. But if you look it up, I'm sure Matt knew Joe Walsh interviewed him. And he went, no, no, no. Other Walsh. I'm surprised nobody emailed me about it. He, they commented on my Instagram and I was like, what on earth are they talking about? I thought someone was just losing oh, their mind. Oh, people were. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's so weird. It's just sometimes it's just I pull a Biden, you know, yeah. said the wrong name. We all do. Oh, I feel so bad about that. Everyone tell everyone tell Matt that I'm sorry. <laughs> we like Matt Walsh. I love him. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ryan Calkins says at this point the government should just legalize an annual purge night. Uh-huh. <laughs> People loved those movies though. I never I watched. I've not, I, I not watched a single purge movie. No? Me neither. You got to watch it. You gotta, really? You got to watch at least one. Maybe the first one. Yeah. Okay. I'll watch them. I thought it was funny, like, streets and you, you haven't seen either, Cass? No. All Bro, you legalized. gotta check it out. Which one's the best one? First one. Okay. That's where I'm going. There you go. All right. Sir Lemongrab says, Tim, how do you feel about 3D printing uh, with metal? I would say unacceptable. But that's just for your name. In reality, no, it's pretty cool. Um, I watched a video. I think they use lasers. And it was like metal dust or something. Mm-hmm. And then it like 3D printed an object. It's like not very strong. I don't know. Something yeah, crazy it superheats the dust and then melts it and reforms. Is that, is that how it works? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Man. Yeah. That's cool. It's a lot of potential. Dude, Ladies and gentlemen, carbon. if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, let Matt Walsh know I'm very sorry <laughs> for using his name incorrectly when I was talking about Joe. Head over to TimCast.com, become a member, subscribe. Uh, at, we are going to have a members-only show coming up at 11 or so p.m. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me personally everywhere at TimCast. Cash, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, thanks for having me. The book, please buy The Plot Against the King. It's the number one children's book in America. Adults can learn about Russiagate while teaching their kids. You're going to love it. The truth matters. That's what the whole purpose of the book is. Thanks for having me back on the show. Guys. Well, where do people buy it? Uh, go to either theplotagainsttheking.com or check out fightwithcash.com. All the information is there. Um, get a copy. I signed 4000 over the weekend, so we're keeping Ooh, we're, nice. we're going. You want to shout anything out, Adrian? Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it, brother. Yeah. And uh, if anybody wants to follow me, you can do so at Adrian Norman DC on all the old platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Um, on the newer platforms like True Social, just Adrian Norman. And uh, we can duke it out on online. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ian Cross and you guys, thank you so much for coming. Cash Adrian, love you guys, man. It's great to see you again, dude. Good to meet you finally for the first time. Well, eventually, you know, yeah. finally we meet. And I wanted to tell everyone, I was on Pop Culture Crisis today, Ooh. episode 127. Uh, it's YouTube.com. I think it's probably just search Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. You're going to find it. Pop Culture Crisis is wonderful. That is always a good time. I've been filling in every Wednesday for them, and it's always a blast. It's a kind of a field that I don't usually get into, so we talk about a lot of cultural stuff. Great time. And 
Real quick, pop culture crisis. When you super chat, money guns. Yeah, it's fire. Yeah, it's unbelievably <laughs> distracting. Awesome. And uh, yeah. the stink bugs and the money flying through the air. It's really thick one went in my coffee. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was good times, yeah. Money or a stink bug? Yeah, one of the monies went in my coffee. One oh, the, one of the twenties. <laughs> That's better than a stink and, bug. They were all also, over me. The next step is going to be to have. Uh, oh, they did the parties today. Yeah, I think. yeah. So yeah. once once a certain number of super chats super chats get reached on pop culture crisis, lights go off and money guns are firing party. like crazy. Woo. Yeah, we're talking about. Crisis Parties. Some music and like things flying by behind me as it's on. <laughs> I mean, nuts. Okay, that just sounds a little distracting. <laughs> that's me. Anyway, it is a great time if you guys want to check out Pop Culture Crisis. They're also on YouTube. Brett works very hard on that, and it's going to be awesome in the future. You guys may follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sarah Patchlitz as well as SarahPatchlitz.me. We will see you all over at TimCast.com for that member segment. Thanks for hanging out. Yes. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.